it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Jason Powell's Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast, a production of ProWrestling.net. Get ready for the latest news, analysis, and interviews featuring big names from the world of pro wrestling. Here comes the Boom! <laughs> Hey gang, an interesting show for you this week. Matt Coon is going to be joining me to discuss the WWE Greatest Royal Rumble event and also the Impact Wrestling Redemption show that took place over the weekend. And then coming up in the second half of the show, my guest will be... One of my therapists at rehab told me I've never had an individual client that has so much bottled up inside of him um, that's just not, you know... And that's why, like, when I, you know, when I cry, I cry. I hurt. I hurt. Just Incredible joins me to discuss the Credible documentary, as well as the Capital Wrestling event that uh, is actually a shooting for the Credible documentary. It's a it's a full-on pro wrestling show, May 20th in New Britain, Connecticut, at the New Britain VFW Hall. Uh, he is facing homicide on that show. Teddy Hart will also be there. We talk about that and a lot of different things. Um, I'll just say it up front. Justin, not in a great place. PJ is a longtime friend. Uh, I think we've known each other going on 20 years, if not 20 years. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen him at his best. I've seen him, well, maybe not at his worst, but I've certainly uh, talked to him at different times in his life that uh, were not exactly great. And uh, you can just feel the frustration uh, the tension, if you will, and uh, he gets into a lot of it. He really unloads on some things in this interview. And uh, my hope is uh, just simply that, uh, for, forget the, the pro wrestler, that, that uh, my friend, PJ Polacco, just incredible, is going to continue to pursue the help that he needs, uh, both with alcoholism, uh, any other issues substance-wise that he has going on, and, and certainly mental health. Uh, he talks about CTE, some of the issues that he's concerned with there, and uh, again, it's a, it's, it's, we'll just say an interesting interview, and it's one that he really wants out there. 
He is all in on his credible documentary in this upcoming show, really wants to spread the word, really wants this to be a great documentary, and he gets into even some of his frustrations with that end of things in the story, you know, what he fears is going to be told, and, and, and it's not a case of him not wanting to look bad. Rather, he wants awards and all documentary, and so he gets into a lot of that. But I mentioned uh, to start the show, we will be talking with Matt Kuhn. And Matt, uh, we'll get into it a little bit with him, find out his background on things, but he's a name that those of you who listen to the Bruce Pritchard podcast, Something to Wrestle With, are are going to know. And he's also doing a couple of different podcasts with uh, Johnny Fairplay. Can you believe this guy's doing more than one podcast per week with Johnny Fairplay? And and he hosts a variety of podcasts, an interesting guy, a good guy, and uh, looking forward to talking with him on the air for the first time. And really, it's going to be the first time ever. We've exchanged some notes. But I think it's going to be a fun conversation as we look ahead to Friday's WWE Greatest Royal Rumble event and again discuss the Impact Wrestling Redemption show. Uh, When it comes to the Greatest Royal Rumble, I will have live coverage on Friday at ProWrestling.net. Here's the thing. I know people have jobs, people have lives, whatever, and so not everyone is going to be able to see this show live as it airs, despite WWE basically telling you, hey, take the day off of work, quit your job, whatever you have to do. Okay, they're not going that far with it, but the point is that, look, again, I know not everyone's going to be able to see the show, and so what we're going to do is uh, the usual live coverage, and I'll do an audio review exclusively for the .NET members, but we're not going to have any spoilers in our headlines uh, over the weekend uh, because I know some of you guys are going to see this Friday night, maybe Saturday, maybe even some on Sunday. So it'll get the usual coverage, but I just want to let people know if you're somebody who's trying to avoid spoilers from that show... Uh, you'll be able to. You'll be able to safely visit ProWrestling.net, and you won't have anything spoiled for you in the headline. Now, if you choose to click on certain articles related to it, I can't make that promise, obviously. Oh, and word to the wise for those trying to avoid spoilers on the day of the show, you, you want to turn off your WWE notifications because uh, they will be most likely be blasting you with the results as they happen. And uh, so yeah, so they're not exactly great about that, but you can turn off the notifications on your phones and avoid all of that. Uh, but it's an interesting show, and it's one that I look forward to discussing with Matt Kuhn in here just in just a second. I do want to tell you guys that uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, you can pretty much find us anywhere. iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast, Downcast, Stitcher, Dogcatch, just uh, wherever you get your podcast, chances are we are available there. So just do a search for us. Uh, somebody did mention that uh, it, 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 the search wasn't bringing things up the way it should. Hopefully that's been rectified, but I would just enter the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast with Jason Powell. I'd go all the way through it and spell it out, and hopefully uh, you will find it that way. And then uh, simply hit subscribe. And look, if you can take a minute, visit iTunes or anywhere else that uh, takes reviews. If you would give us five stars, that would be greatly appreciated because that really does help spread the word about this podcast. And a great big thank you to the folks who have already taken the time to do that. Uh, If you can leave a review, anything you can do to help spread the word, I would really appreciate. You can follow me on Twitter at ProWrestlingNet. And of course, you can uh, follow along and get your news fix, everything else, at ProWrestling.net. With the business out of the way, let's dive in. Let's talk with Matt Kuhn coming up right after this. If you enjoy the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast and pro wrestling audio content, then I know you're going to love becoming a member of the ad-free version of ProWrestling.net. The members hear the weekly flagship .NET Weekly Audio Show with Jake Barnett and I discussing all the news of the week and sometimes including some first-run news items that have not been reported elsewhere. 
Members also have access to a decade of audio content with interviews and exclusive audio reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and the list goes on. They also hear our audio reviews of all the major WWE, Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views and NXT TakeOver specials. Plus, we're adding more New Japan Pro Wrestling audio content for their major shows. Help support ProWrestling.net and the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast by signing up today at PWMembership.net. Back on the boom, and I am joined for the first time by Matt Kuhn. It almost rhymes, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Jason. Big fan of everything you've done from back in your old days to what you're doing now with boom. I appreciate that, man. It's, it's and, and I'm a fan of you because you are everywhere. I, you We were talking before the show, and you're, you're down to four podcasts. What was your max at one point? My max was when I was doing the, the four I'm doing now, and then I was also doing uh, something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. I was doing what happened with Tony Schiavone, and I was about to start on the Eric Bischoff podcast, but I decided to kind of draw back to the ones that I'm hosting. Wasn't there a Medusa one in there too? Yeah, I was with Medusa a short time. You know, not not all marriages work out, and that one did not work out, but I wish her the best of luck. But right now, I'm with Dutch Mantel, of course, Down and Dirty with Dutch Mantel. Yeah. Why I ended with Robbie E., which is one where we we interview people such as uh, Glacier or Muhammad Hassan or, of course, Just Incredible. And we talk about why it ended. And then a Survivor podcast called Survivor NSFW with Johnny Fairplay and a brand new one called The Botch Along, where Johnny Fairplay and I watch along with a terrible pay-per-view. How in the hell are you talking with Fairplay twice a week? <laughs> it's It's challenging. Um, but I think it's a character builder. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, where can people find these shows? Um, you can find all of them on iTunes. Of course, uh, with Down and Dirty Dutch Mantel and White Ended, they're on the MLW Radio Network. And the Botch Along, you can find on iTunes or botchalong.com and survivornsfw.com or on iTunes as well. Very good. And how did all this start for you? I, you just kind of seemed to pop up out of nowhere. Was it the Pritchard show? <laughs> It was the Pritchard show indeed. Uh, what happened is I started, uh, I reached out to Conrad about something musical. He needed a song and I play music, I record music. I got him a song. They said they wanted a theme song. So I did the Pritchard theme song. If you like the Pritchard theme song, that's me. And then I started editing every show and I pretty much produced every show in the last year for Tony Schiavone and Bruce Pritchard. And I also did some research for the Pritchard show and the Schiavone show as well. But it got to be a lot of work because, as you know, those podcasts are long and very good. They definitely are. And how long have you been a fan? I've been a fan. I'm 46 years old. So I've been a fan since I was about 10 years old. So, okay, roughly the same here because I'm 45. And I, I think I started basically 1980. I, I'm never quite sure. I'm the, 1980, 1981, somewhere in there. So I'm guessing about the same for you then? Maybe I was a little older. The first time I watched WWE, WWF, was the time when Bob Backlund went in the back and got Hulk Hogan out. And I knew Hulk Hogan from Rocky Three, And so I was into it. And maybe a few months later, or a year later, I started watching Crockett. I uh, tuned in the first time I saw Arn Anderson do a promo. So I got to watch two of the greatest episodes right away. So I was hooked. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, this weekend, I guess coming up Friday... Is a show for, number one? Are you taking the day off to watch the greatest Royal Rumble? Because I mean, I think WWE just at this point wants everyone to like quit their jobs or do whatever based on their hype for the show. 
Well, I did a poll on uh, my Twitter at, at Matt Coon Music, and it seems that most people are going to watch it live. I'm also able to watch it live because I own a business. I run a music school. Yeah. So I will be able to watch it uh, live, I believe. I'm pretty um, pretty excited about it. How about you? Um, you know, it's. I think it's an interesting lineup, no doubt about that. But I, look, I guess one of my big issues with this is we're having a 50-man rumble. I still have flashbacks to the bad 40-man rumble. Now we're doing 50. And the big issue I have with this is they're fighting over a trophy. There's nothing seemingly at stake. That's a huge issue because the idea of the Royal Rumble, uh, now at least, fans are conditioned to have a big prize at the end of it. And now you have one that is 50. There's no prize at all. But leave it to the WWE. I think there's a chance they could insert something in there at the last second. I hope they do. Where do you stand in terms of the big debate right now? Should WWE take the money and do this show, even though the Saudi Arabians are not allowing women to actually appear. They're not even making the trip. So no no females, not even Renee Young in a hosting role, no female wrestlers, no female personalities whatsoever. I think WWE is in a bad spot, and I think they put themselves in that bad spot. Uh, there's no way to justify it other than a business stance. On a business stance, you can rationalize it. You can say, this is a grand sum of money, over $20 million being paid to WWE, lock, stock, and barrel for a bot show. At the same time, when you try to position it as a step towards progress, that's ridiculous. And at the, at the same time, if you're trying to uh, position the WWE as a company that is progressive when it comes to women's rights or when it comes to Finn Balor, and everybody's welcome in the Balor Club, it, it falls deaf, so I think they have every right to do it, but they're in a tough spot. And I think if they can propose it as a responsible business move, I think that's a better sell than, hey, we're going to do a cultural shift in Saudi Arabia through wrestling. Yeah, I think most people, most fair-minded people see it for what it is. It's the money. And, hey, they're throwing, as you mentioned, over $20 million at them for this show. I, boy, I mean, you t if you told me, Hey, we're going to bring you to Saudi Arabia and pay you $20 million, but we're not bringing any, uh, we, I have a female staffer, April Laval. She can't make the trip. It, dude, it's $20 million. Now I would be kind enough to talk to with April about it beforehand and go, you know what, out of that 20 million, you're getting a cut, even though you're not making the trip. But I mean, look, I, I, it's, it's astonished me though, the lengths that some fans will go to, to defend this it, to them. I mean, it, 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 the simple answer, it should be, look, yeah, they're, they're spending or they're getting a boatload of money for this. As a consumer, it doesn't bother me enough to not watch. But they will, I mean, they jump on the Triple H line about the progress, which you talked about. I just, I don't understand this mentality that some have to defend this company when really, I'm not even saying they shouldn't. They, I haven't even said should they ever, shouldn't they have taken the money but people seem to feel like they need to defend this for some reason. Well, I think people like to justify what they do and feel good about what they do. It's the same with politics in this country. Um, people like to think, like to feel good about what they're doing. The fact is, if you're a WWE fan and you're conscientious at all, you have to have some objections and some reservations. It's almost everything they do. But we kind of suspend our disbelief and we suspend our indignation a lot of times with WWE. And I think this is a case where we have to do that. Uh, the fans who are bought in, those are the fans WWE wants. They're they're the ones who are going to buy everything they do and defend them to the hilt, and they can have their version of reality, and we'll have ours.
Yeah, it, it's I, I've never quite understood the whole cheerleading mentality, but I, I think you nailed some of it there. Is they want to feel good about what they're doing. I don't know why you need to voice this false narrative about it. I, I just, I mean, this is a company that, well, since you and I were kids, basically, has told us through a character, everybody has a price, and, and in this case, they're they're living up to that, Matt. They they had their price, and and they can spin it however they want, but this is a cash grab. That's exactly what it is. And if if they positioned it as such, that would be even that would be tricky. But hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The fact that they're opening themselves up to the more of the criticism by saying it's a step towards progress, I think that's a problem. And I think I believe this is a multi-year deal. And I believe the, the uh, resentment. I believe a 10-year and, deal. Yeah. I think it's going to build over time. If something doesn't change, because somebody's going to say something, the mainstream media hasn't picked up on it. But if this goes on for two or three more years, it's going to look uh, pretty bad, I think. Uh, on the flip side, is there some hypocrisy with fans saying they shouldn't have done this? They shouldn't have done. I mean, how many of those fans do you think would turn down $20 million? There's a huge hypocrisy in that. It's it's a theoretical for a lot of us. You know, like we say, I would never do that in a million years. But we're talking about a company that has to pay people, and we're talking about a company that has to put dollar signs on their balance sheet. And even though the gross revenue of WWE is up over the years, the margins are slimmer. So this is a, a good chance not only to break into a market they want to break into, but at the same time, you know, kind of widen that profit margin. And I, I don't really have a problem with that um, on its face. How now? I, I, in fairness, I do think there are some out there that are morally strong enough, if you will, that would say no. I, I wouldn't take the money. Money's not everything, so I don't want to paint everyone with the same broad brush. But I do think there is a lot of hypocrisy going on in that regard. And for that matter, my thing has been again. I haven't even said, you know, whether I, I think they should have taken the money or shouldn't have. Um, but I, I have told people, look, if you feel strongly about it cancel your network subscription that day send a message and yeah so i mean do you think there are how, how many people out there do you really think are going to that are complaining about this are actually going to just skip the show even i mean do you think that there I, i'm sure there's some but i mean do you think it'll be a significant number uh, i think generally sp speaking no to answer your question and i think overall this is a plus this is a net gain for wwe uh, if they lose people they're going to gain people and um, I, I, I think you make a good point. People love to complain. We're in this age of, you know, um, 
indignation that we like to make as public as possible. But a lot of it's empty and just people complaining just to complain. Yeah, and, and I, hey, I think there are certainly valid criticisms here, uh, without question. Uh, it, it's Again, it's hypocritical of the company, but... Everybody has a price. Let's talk about the actual event. You know, we talked a little bit about the greatest Royal Rumble match. Um, you know, we have, I think, roughly half of the field set. Some of the new people they've announced are Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon and Rey Mysterio, Great Call Lee. Can't wait for that. Uh, and you know, just there's a, quite the group of people they have in this thing. Even though right now there's nothing at stake other than a, a trophy. Um, where do you see this going? How do you see them approaching this? Is this uh, uh, another moment for Braun Strowman? Do they just uh, finally take the approach of, well, well, see, look, Daniel Bryan won a rumble. What's your problem? Or you know, who wins this thing? I think you kind of nailed it. It's got to come down to those two, um, Braun and Daniel Bryan. Hopefully, WWE is putting some thought, more thought into the finish of this match than they did into the development of this match. And Braun seems to be the guy. If you looked at Raw this past week, it seems to be Braun. W once again, Daniel Bryan could be a, uh, a good fit. But if you look at what they're doing with Roman Reigns, I think the likeliest call is um, Braun Strowman. But I'm hoping for some fun stuff in there. Maybe a 3MB reunion or something fun in the match. There's tons of opportunity for stuff like that. I guess that's my big hope for this match is that Look, it's 50 men. Tell some stories along the way. I personally, even though I, I'm with you, I think it's going to be Braun or Brian. Um, I would love to see them try to make someone. It has to be the right person. But I think in a good Royal Rumble match, you can even you can make someone without without them even winning the match. I just want those stories to be told. I don't want this to be a glorified battle royal where it's just a bunch of punching and kicking and it really everything is built around the finish. I want this kind of layered out so that all right for the, the for, there's a story for each maybe 10 entrants or so. You know, there's an early on there's two guys you don't expect to see lock up or something and then the next one is somebody has a lot of eliminations. You know, there's just so many different stories you can tell here. I hope they're putting that level of thought into this one. Well, I mean, if you look at the buildup, though, there's not a but there's not a whole bunch of people vested. I'm talking about wrestlers. There's not a lot of wrestlers invested in winning this thing. Like this is important to me. This is something I want to do. If I win, I get the trophy. Whatever the carrot is, they're holding up there. So that kind of dashes my hope. That lets me think that it's not really, as far as the winner goes, something they're putting a lot of uh, emphasis on and it's more of a you know uh, icing on the cake for Braun Strowman but I'm like you I would love to see it make uh, a Miz or a Samoa Joe or um, a Matt Hardy or you know anybody but it looks like they're really kind of they're really relying on nostalgia a lot for this whole card so uh, I'm not looking for them to make anybody new do you have hope for that yourself I'll always have hope do do I expect it? <laughs> eh, you know, I mean, their idea of making somebody new is probably giving Big Cass a bunch of eliminations if he's in this thing, for instance. You know, and I, this could be like I, I look at New Day being in there. Well, what if Big E went on this big role and they decided to launch him? Just you know, an example off the top of my head. I think there's a lot of things they can do that they're probably not going to do. Um, but I, 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 admittedly, I'm dreading this one a little bit. Again, it's 50 men. It's, I, I don't know if you've ever had to do a live coverage report. It's a bitch to do a regular Royal Rumble, <laughs> and now it's 50 men. But, you know, self-putting the, the, the selfishness aside, 
it just, you know, on paper, it's like 50 guys, and the only story they've told going into this is that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to have some of their rivals in there, and yet if you look at the lineup as of uh, today when we record this, Sami Zayn's not even listed yet. I don't know what's going on there, but Kevin Owens is, and that was the only story that was really told. Kurt Angle telling them, hey, Shane McMahon's in this, and Chris Jericho's in this, and, and I'm in this, and beyond that, you're right. No one is talking about this. No one is stepping up saying they want to win this. There's been nothing. And so it's hard for me to really get excited about this. Maybe once the bell rings, it's going to feel differently. Well, if you think about it, it's almost like a glorified house show in a lot of ways, like one of their network specials in Japan. Right. Or the the uh, Starcade that they had in, in Winston-Salem or in Greensboro. Um, it, it doesn't, you know, they seem to be saving the plot lines for Backlash which is going to receive a backlash of a lack of interest because of how loaded this card is. Yeah, Boy, I, I couldn't believe it when I, I just, in my mind, for some reason, backlash was a, a week later than it actually is. I can't believe that we have this show Friday, then we turn around right away next weekend and there's backlash again. And this one does look like the better of the two lineups for sure. But yeah, I mean, what what approach do you think they are taking to this? Is this something, I mean, they, they pushed this more aggressively on the go-home show than I, I would argue than they did WrestleMania itself on its go-home <laughs> show. So, I mean, it's it's weird when you see Undertaker Rusev with no build in a casket match and, and Triple H and John Cena in a match that neither guy has even discussed. So there is that house show element to it, yes, but it also seems like, they really are aggressive, you know, just marketing this aggressively. So I, I, I guess, what is this? I mean, is this, do you think when all is said and done, we're going to look back on this and go, yeah, this was just a glorified house show, or do you think this is going to have, no, this was a huge show feel with a lot of, a lot of storyline development and, and title changes and things along those lines? I think it's a mix of the two. I think it's definitely a glorified house show, but they're definitely going to do a thing or two to make people remember it. And I think the biggest factor was WrestleMania. You know, this show, they knew they had this show, but they couldn't hype it up until a month before it was about to happen. So because WrestleMania hype was the was the focus. So now they're just having to jam all this hype into this huge show. Well, even the Superstar Shakeup the week after, you know, the, you have the Raw after WrestleMania, SmackDown after Mania, then you have the Shakeup. And so it's an oddly timed show. Is there, is this when it comes to the date, is, is there some reason it's happening in Saudi Arabia? Is the date significant for something? Do you, uh, I, I'm not aware absolutely of anything. Not. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, they, they, it was on the schedule where it was on the schedule and they said they would make it work and they're making it work because uh, schedule wise, it makes no sense, right? If you wanted to do it according to a schedule, you'd put it between maybe two of the of the less popular big four, maybe between SummerSlam and Survivor Series. You wouldn't have it a month after WrestleMania. Now, a lot of people see, okay, obviously, WWE's in television rights negotiations, and they've made it very clear they're open for business as far as a potential sale. Enter the Saudi Arabians throwing 20-plus million dollars at them for this show and a 10-year agreement. Is there more going on with the Saudis in terms of potentially buying into this company? Oh my God! Let's hope not. You know, I mean, you know, I, I I'm hoping that that if someone does buy it, it's someone with you know a vested interest in seeing it be successful in the American market, because this gl- global localization 
that they've tried and had some swings and misses with as far as the Jinder Mahal experiment and the UK tournament, it hasn't worked. So um, I know they have this dream of building this huge local brand and, or this actually that's what it is, a worldwide local brand with their term global localization that they trademarked. But let's hope that it's Fox or let's hope that it's somebody in the U S who's going to, who's going to really give it a focus from the U.S. that will spread to the world as opposed to getting foreign investors involved. Fair enough. Um, Let's kind of run through some of the other matches. I mean, I think the most predictable one should be Undertaker Rusev. I guess there's always a chance that John Cena pops out of the casket or something, but it seems pretty straightforward. I guess, so uh, feel free to say if you uh, disagree, but um, I, I certainly assume Taker goes over. But with Rusev, What's going on here? I mean, he was in the match. They pull him for Chris Jericho. They put him right back in the match with the story being that Lana has now agreed to let her husband do this. We know that, you know, he's asked for his release at one point. Are they writing this guy off in a casket? I mean, it just seems so bizarre that fan-friendly Rusev, even if they don't book him that way, the, the fans adore him is in this casket match with Undertaker out of nowhere. There's just no reason for this. So what is happening? It seems to me that, you know, it's one in a long line of people who made the mistake, the fatal mistake of getting themselves over, whether it's Zack Ryder, whether it's Daniel Bryan, or whoever you want to name. And Rusev did that. I was at WrestleMania uh, in New Orleans, and it was definitely Rusev Day, WrestleMania. And... You know, with him asking for his release and his hot and cold relationship with WWE, my guess is they had him in the match as maybe a carrot to him to show him that they thought of him in a certain way. They pulled him out of the match once he asked for his release. And now maybe they're putting him back in to, like you said, write him off. That's my best guess. And then we have the WWE Universal Championship match. We don't even know why it's in a cage match. Hell, we don't even know why Roman Reigns is getting this opportunity since he had his ass handed to him from a character standpoint at WrestleMania. It was all Brock Lesnar just dominating the match, winning the match clean, and yet Roman Reigns is complaining that he had to find out he's getting this rematch that he doesn't deserve. He had to find out online. (laughs) Does this make any sense to you? This makes no sense at all. I... Once again, I think uh, the plan was for Roman Reigns to win at WrestleMania. Vince once again made a last-minute call to change it. The whole thing that was built up over the entire course of the year, the F5 being the finisher, it beat one F5 beat Braun Strowman. And an F5 couldn't put Roman Reigns away, and no one cared. Um, Roman Reigns comes out at Raw, and he's indignant about what? It, It was so tone deaf. It didn't work at all. Um, it, it was probably a mistake not to put it on him at WrestleMania. I, it, it, to answer your question, it does not make sense. Um, I don't know what to expect here. I'm guessing that Lesnar holds onto the title and the Roman Reigns experiment is over. That is my best guess on that one. I just don't think the guy's going to throw the towel in. It, it's so hard for me to believe because... <laughs> Look, we're right back to this again. I, I hope, and I don't look. I don't think the Roman Reigns experiment should be over. I think the Roman Reigns as a babyface experiment needs to end. Uh, but I think this guy could be an incredible heel. I, I, with okay, if the, you think it's going to end here, I, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, there's a chance Lesnar holds on to the title depending on what his contractual status is, and if he does. I think most people are betting on, they're going back to this at SummerSlam, and maybe he wins there. Now, I find it to be 
an utterly ridiculous plan if the idea was, hey, let's get through Mania, let's surprise people with this finish, and let's go to an area where it, you're going to be getting a, a more likely fan-friendly reaction to Roman. That makes more sense to me, I guess, than let's do another whatever we're going to do in Saudi Arabia, and then go to SummerSlam in Brooklyn and expect things to be any different. I, I, the whole thing is just a mess. I've reached a point, Matt, where I just want them to get this over with. And so, hey, if they have given up on him as the, as the top dog babyface, cool. But if not, just put the damn title on him already so we can all move on with our lives. I'm tired of this being dragged out. It's felt like just a year predictable, lame booking that damaged some people along the way, all for a guy that... Still, other than one rare crowd in St. Louis who seemed... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To like him isn't getting the type of reaction they want him to. I, I totally agree. It needs to be over, and I think it is over. I think you just, just, just once again. I don't know the inside information on this, other than Roman Reigns was expected to win at WrestleMania, and the next thing you know, it was changed, and. I think maybe the plan was for Roman Reigns to win at the greatest Royal Rumble. But to me, I think they'll change those plans again. But um, you never know. Maybe they're putting him in front of this so-called friendly crowd, although there's no guarantee it's going to be a friendly crowd. But that's what people seem to think. Or Vince called up uh, his excellency, as they're calling him, and said, uh, hey, look. We're going to give the title to Roman here at WrestleMania. But, uh, you know, if you guys would like to uh, kick in a little more, we can save that for your show. The word I heard when I heard the price of the, and I did hear that before it was, you know, put out there, the money that was involved was that they're getting their title changed. So maybe that is the plan. You know, maybe that's the carrot. And it's as simple as that. Like you're getting a big show and you're getting the big title change as a, as an added bonus. What about the other title match? Could it be Nakamura beating Styles? I think it's going in that direction. I think it's time maybe for AJ to get in chase mode. And I think um, with the new music and the new attitude and Shinsuke embracing that role so well, I would like to see that change. But, um, you know, uh, maybe not at the greatest Royal Rumble, but, you know, maybe at Backlash. But at the same time, um, yeah, I think it's time to make that change. And I think we're headed that direction and I don't think it's a bad direction. I love what they're doing with Shinsuke and AJ. I'm with you, and I, I think there is a, a decent chance it happens on this show. Um, like you say, backlash right around the corner. They could do the rematch there. But I do think we're looking at a Nakamura title ring coming up. A am I off? I've been kind of talking about this lately that I see this, believe it or not, 
as, as almost a sleeper match because they disappointed people so much at WrestleMania with that match that I still say was good. It just wasn't great, and it needed to be great, given the fan expectations. This time around, no one is buzzing about this match. And, and I think the big difference now, you know, you go back and watch that Mania match. They were both baby faces. There's that 10-minute feeling-out process what they, that they always describe of, and there's not much going on, and then it just never really kicked into that next gear, where this time, with the heel babyface dynamic, I think it's just going to be a lot more of a frenzied pace to start with. And and, and I really think that people's guards are kind of down. They're, they're not expecting greatness because of what they saw at WrestleMania, and, and I think there's a really good chance that people are wowed by this match. I, I totally agree. I think that having the defined face and heel, it's it's a proven it's a proven commodity. But at the same time, it depends where it is on the card, because I think uh, at WrestleMania, the crowd was so hot to begin with. And a lot of the Daniel Bryan uh, match took the crowd out of it. And it depends where it is on the card. If the crowd is um, fatigued, then it might affect the match. But you know, hopefully AJ and Shinsuke show people what they can do. I, I, do you think there's any hesitation to go with a Nakamura title change because they don't know how the crowd's going to react or they want that moment where ideally, you, you know, you run the risk that, yeah, it's going to be more of a split crowd, but with AJ's popularity and what we've seen so far, it does seem like people are embracing the idea of booing Nakamura at these shows and maybe just because of the great unknown that is Saudi Arabia, they want to hold off on that. It's possible. Um, I, I'm not sure what the psychology is in dropping the title in Saudi Arabia or dropping the title anywhere else. I do know that Shinsuke is doing he's doing a great job. I, I'd say an A plus job of turning into a heel. So I think uh, unless you're going for that house show or WrestleMania feel where you want everybody to leave happy, you know, I think it's a good change to make at at some point. And I think having AJ chasing the heel Nakamura who has embraced the role and been fantastic in it is, is a really solid future for this year for SmackDown. What do you think happens with Triple H and John Cena? I mean, Cena just was destroyed by Undertaker in just a couple of minutes, and we haven't heard from him since. And uh, Triple H, uh, you know, he was on the losing end of a, of a really, I would say, the show-stealing match at WrestleMania just because I think expectations were kind of low. But they came in and did a great job with that mixed tag match. But is this a moment to redeem Cena? Or is this, uh, well, maybe, you know, the, the, the whole breakup thing, you know, who knows where they stand on that one? This is the perfect post-internet match, you know, where we don't even factor in anything about the on-screen narrative. It's all about the behind-the-scenes machinations, right? So, like, Cena got destroyed by The Undertaker, so how are we going to make Cena look? Cena doesn't really care if he wins or loses, I guess, generally. Triple H does care if he wins or loses. He always has to look good. However, once in a while, he will do something um, auspicious just to make people think that, hey, I'll lose. So I look for Cena winning this match, Triple H looking really strong. But um, I think it's one of these things where Triple H is going to say, hey, I don't mind losing to a guy like Cena. And what about Hardy Mahal? It's interesting to me that they're not, even though, I mean, they did the number one contenders match when Jinder was U.S. champion. Randy Orton won it. They announced Jinder against Randy for the U.S. title at Backlash. And since Jeff Hardy won the title... We've seen some exchanges, you know, with Jeff interrupting Randy, and then on Tuesday, Randy returning the favor. But they haven't officially advertised that match as of, as of this update. 
Uh, so is it possible that, yeah, we're eventually going to get something with uh, Jeff and Randy, but they're not advertising that match because they don't intend to have Jeff retain the championship. Uh, your thoughts on the idea that, hey, maybe Jinder takes this title to Raw and then somebody else takes the Intercontinental title to SmackDown? You know, I think, leave it up to WWE to do too much, but I think that's too much. I think they did the, uh, uh, of course, they did the Superstar shakeup with not much uh, forethought, not much, you know, thinking. They probably did it the day of or the day before on a piece of, uh, on a legal, on a yellow legal pad. I think the titles are staying where they are because we're talking about switching them from brand to brand and then switching them back and then switching both titles in the span of a couple weeks. I think Jeff Hart, I mean, if it was up to me, I would leave the titles exactly where they are. And I think there's no reason to believe that gender is going to get um, that kind of push on raw where he's going to have a title or any reason to believe where Jeff Hardy is not going to keep that title because I think they're heading to a three-way um, because Sheldon got a little victory uh, this week. Sure. So I think Sheldon might be involved in everything. And I think that that title staying at SmackDown, hopefully. And so then I'm guessing with the four-way Rollins, Miz, Valor, Joe, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be a Rollins retaining to keep it on Raw, but are you leaning in that direction? I think so. And it, it just goes the haphazard way they did a shakeup. It's really reflected in these matches and the backlash matches. If someone goes back, like I'm researching stuff for the botch along right now. If someone goes back five years from now and looks back at WrestleMania and looks at this card and looks at backlash, they're going to wonder what the hell happened. Um, I, I, once again, I don't expect it to change. You know, it could, maybe it perpetuates whatever weirdness is going on between Finn and Seth Rollins. That's a possibility, but I think Samoa Joe and Miz are SmackDown bound without a title. Do you see it any differently? Um, you know, I think there's at least a chance that, again, that whole scenario where Jinder takes the U.S. title to Raw, and then I, I would think that Miz would be the guy, hopefully. I, I really don't want to see Joe or Miz with the Intercontinental Championship, but if I have to choose between the two, I will take Miz again. Um, and then, you know, you do have a little something there. Not that the Daniel Bryan-Miz feud ne needs it, but if you want to have that title involved, you can. I just, one of the reasons that I'm excited about Miz going back to SmackDown is that I thought he was ready a year ago to break out of that secondary title mix and into the main event picture. But I still, my guess remains that part of the reason they moved him and Maurice over to Raw was that they had Mike Kanellis and Maria debuting on SmackDown, doing kind of a similar heel, husband and wife duo type thing. And so they wanted to split them up. And when he got moved to Raw, it just was a whole year of him in the secondary title picture. And he did a great job with it. I think SmackDown looking at the talent they have, and, and it's deeper than it was a year ago. But still, I, I think he's ready to be in that upper mix. And, and so I don't think he needs the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, whether it's Rollins or Balor who end up winning this ladder match for the IC title, I, I can't say that I... I, it, I, I, I'm guessing it just they keep it on Rollins would be my guess if they're going to keep it on the Raw side. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's I, I think this has the potential to be a really good, fun match. I hope they protect Joe. And with Joe, is he a dark horse to win the greatest Royal Rumble? I don't even know if he's advertised for the thing, but with 50 people, there's going to be obviously some guys doing double duty that night. And it, with him being in that backlash match with Roman Reigns, and then obviously they want to make him a force on SmackDown, is he a guy that we should be thinking about as a, a greatest Royal Rumble winner? That would be the perfect winner, right? Samoa Joe would be the perfect winner. My thought is no, because even looking at the Superstar shakeup where – 
it appears to everybody, even if you include the week before of all the debuts on Raw and the just the Iconics debuting on SmackDown, it appears to me that the wrestlers that Vince cares about are on Raw and the ones he doesn't care that much about are on SmackDown. Um, so I, I'm, I would love for Joe to win. And, you know, speaking of The Miz, I would have loved for him to be in the top picture going this past year. I think The Miz and The Miz trash against Lesnar could have really drawn some money at WrestleMania. And hopefully at some point they give Miz a chance at the top. And I think he's got a better shot at that on SmackDown than he does on Raw. Bludgeon Brothers Usos. I'm. I gotta say, Matt. I'm. I'm. I'm worried. We're about to see the return of the Smiling Usos, based on what they've done the last couple of weeks on SmackDown. Uh, and, and the Smiling Usos are fine, but I really like what these guys evolved into. But it, you add Naomi to that mix, they have to use her distraction to get a singles win and all of that. It, it does seem like they're softening them up a bit again, and it, it's disappointing because. Yeah, I mean, man, smiley baby faces are, are fine, but I, I just kind of like the idea of this badass Bludgeon Brothers tag team feuding with uh, a fellow badass team in the Usos rather than the smiling Usos. You know, it, it's it, I watch wrestling with my son. My son's 15. is a big wrestling fan, Bullet Club, the whole thing. And we're watching SmackDown last night, and he said, I've seen the Usos beat Harper and Rowan many, many times. You know? Right. And it, they've lost the 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 desire to build up these bludgeon brothers has really taken a toll on the usos character the usos were killing it they were killing it as heels they were killing it as serious faces you know i personally would have liked to see them just start with the bar right away because against the bludgeon brothers because i think the usos are almost dead on arrival right now because of how they've been positioned against the bludgeon brothers but uh we'll see i i, I don't see the fact that the girl excuse me the wife is rescuing them as a way to kind of make them look like the badasses they need to be to overcome the giant cartoonish hammer carrying bludgeon brothers. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about Naomi interfering on this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. But, but it would be great if it, the music played and it was Sami Zayn in all the neon. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I'd like that. I, I would definitely enjoy that. <laughs> Uh, and then on the Raw side, you got Sheamus and Cesaro facing Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt for the vacant Raw tag titles. Uh, on SmackDown, they had Sheamus and Cesaro say that if they win the titles, they're going back to Raw. Uh, I, is it too much for WWE to clarify one way or another? Because, you know, you hear that and it's like, well, maybe th if they are the Raw tag titles. It would be very awkward to have them on SmackDown. So I guess that's a possibility. But why can't they just clarify one way or another? It, it, it just seems like the simplest thing that, yeah, if they do, that they, they come back to, to Raw. Uh, and and if, if they don't, they stay on SmackDown. They just can't be bothered with these small details that I think ab even the average fan cares about more than they realize. And it's something they don't care about. You know, the story of this card is really kind of... Um, you know, uh, rationalizing three different things. You know, you had your mania, you had your superstar shakeup, and you've got the next year of booking. And it seems like this card just flies in the face of all of that. And that's what this match is. I, I expect nothing to happen here as far as a title change. I think Bray and Matt uh, are the title holders, and they're popular. It's working. Nobody's and a title so, holder, so they're vacant right now. Oh, I'm sorry. They're 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 vacant right now. That's right. It is the finals of, of the tournament. And, you know, Cesar and Sheamus got a lot of title reigns in a very short time. I think they probably see as uh, Bray and Matt needing the titles more than Cesaro and Sheamus need the titles. 
is the Hardy and Wyatt duo doing much for you at this point? Yeah, I kind of like it. You know, I think it's got potential. I think the fans like it. Um, I think as long as they keep, you know, the the in-ring level up and as long as they keep the comedy to a, a good level, not over the top, I think this could be a decent drawing act for the WWE. I'm a little cold on it right now, but I would be a lot more optimistic if I knew what level of creative freedom Matt Hardy had, because I remember when the Broken Matt character debuted in TNA at the time, my first reaction was, oh my God, I would hope nobody, you know, so there's not going to be a non-wrestling fan that walks into the room and sees this. You know, it just was like, <laughs> right. what in the hell is going on? Uh, but obviously, you know, he made that work and, and he had me sold just a few weeks later even, but I don't know what level of control that he actually has. And like the other night on Raw, he goes out there and just by, you know, uh, getting the crowd to applaud for uh, a victor of the Ascension. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cartwheel. They had the crowd with them the rest of the way. I think Matt has the ability. I just don't know how much of a priority this is to WWE creative. Uh, are you worried at all about the Raw Tag Division if Sheamus and Cesaro don't return? I mean, you're looking at... Yeah, you have Matt and Bray, I guess, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre for some weird reason or a tag team. Uh, and then the Authors of Pain are there, but then you get into teams that were abused on SmackDown and teams like, well, The Revival, who are phenomenal, but for whatever reason just don't seem to be Vince McMahon's thing. And so it, there's not great depth there like there is on the SmackDown side. Well, of course, I love The Revival, uh, like every other wrestling fan does. And hopefully they find their way out of the doghouse. Um, wow, that SmackDown tag division is really thick right now and really good. But one of the things about the brand split that has worked, it's got the ability to build people. And there's a possibility that that tag division gets built if the bar doesn't return. It, how little sense does it make if they go back to Raw? At the same time, to, to your point about Matt Hardy, I don't think he has a lot of creative freedom. I mean, he does in the sense he probably is allowed to suggest anything and then you know, Vince or whoever is in charge of Raw that day, you know, Michael Hayes or whoever um, can knock down whatever they want. I like it mainly for the fact that we've finally seen some movement in the Bray Wyatt character. And I still think Bray has a lot of potential. I think the last four years have been lost, but I, I think it's kind of showing a different side of him. And I think even if it's just to build up Bray, it's, it's a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. And, you know, Jim Ross has said for years that he – thinks he has that Jake Roberts breakout babyface ability to him. And I don't know that we're necessarily going to get that while he's in a tag team, but I am intrigued because, look, I, I thought the heel Bray Wyatt character 
when it first arrived on the main roster, had so much potential. I was so excited about it, and and he was just poorly written. I mean, I know Brian Fritz, our buddy from BetweenTheRopes.com, has interviewed Bray at, at a couple of different WrestleManias and asked him, you think, I don't know if it was Vince McMahon or just the company, really understands the character, essentially. And he was honest. He didn't think they, you know, he thought, I think one of the times he said that things were improving, but you kind of got the idea that, no, he doesn't feel like they totally grasp it either. And, and and I think he's a really talented guy. They just don't write him well. And maybe as a babyface, that will happen. Uh, the only other match on this show, this uh, 12-hour marathon or whatever it's going to end up being, oh, my God, uh, Cedric Alexander and Kalisto for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Kalisto winning a gauntlet match to earn this uh, title shot. Um, I don't know. If, if there is a kickoff show match, is is this the one they go with? This is it. But, you know, don't look now, but I think, you know, 205 is a little bit on the rise. You know, I think Cedric is a great champion. They had a great match at WrestleMania. It was very well received by the live crowd when I was there. Um, And Kalisto is someone who has a lot of potential. He's been hot and cold in the eyes of the WWE. So, you know, I, I personally, as a fan, am looking forward to this match. And there was a time where I couldn't care about a 205 match. But considering all the upheaval that has gone on in the 205 division um it's it's not a bad match to kick the show off with yeah you know i even wrote i think it was four weeks into the creative shakeup when they were doing the tournament i I wrote a blog saying hey this is worth checking out because you could just see changes were being made so i'm with you that the cruiserweight division is in in a better place creatively now than it was but i want to see wwe get behind it like they couldn't even be bothered to produce recap videos as the tournament was taking place i understand if you want to take the guys off of raw for the time being kind of let the brand find itself again because it just was run into the ground for so long but like really you couldn't even do a recap video to keep people up to date on the tournament to let people know that hey this uh, division still exists even though we're not showing it i still wonder even though you know triple h adam pearson company are clearly invested in it just how much Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and and those folks are. It just, you know, we're not seeing these guys pop up on Raw. There's very little mention of it. And so even though I think it is a much better show now than it was, I, I just, I still, I'm taking a very wait-and-see approach when it comes to WWE actually getting behind this division again. Well, clearly they don't care about it. I mean, clearly it's it's something that's not something that they care about. And it shows in the sense that it's they're not on Raw. And also I think the handcuffs have been taken off these guys a little bit because I'm seeing a lot more high-flying, a lot more high-risk maneuvers. I'm not sure what the future holds for 205 Live. And I know these guys can't, aren't really making a good living just on 205 Live. So I'm hoping there's some kind of plan to integrate them somewhere else. Because 205 cannot exist and survive on an island by itself. Well, let's switch gears here. Rather than discuss a show that's coming up, let's talk about one that just took place on Sunday. It was the Impact Wrestling Redemption show. And we're not going to run through the whole show or anything like that. But And, and let's try to avoid spoilers. Because I know you know people can find them on ProWrestling.net. They're there. Uh, but um, for, for the upcoming TV tapings that are taking place this week in Orlando. Uh, but so let's just kind of go based on what you saw at the Redemption show itself. Um, I, I got to say up front again, 
it's ludicrous to ask fans to pay $40 for any wrestling event these days when WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, you can order all of those streaming services for less than, you can order them all together and it it's, adds up to less than $40. But it is what it is. Um, but the show seems to be pretty well received. I, I think it, it does seem like fans came away from this satisfied with their purchase or in many cases, I hear from people who find alternate methods to watch the show that maybe they're not paying the $40, but what was your take on this? Was this a big step forward for Impact? Was it more of the same? Where do you fall? Well, first of all, if you look at it in a bubble, you look at it outside of the fact you had to pay 40 bucks for it, and you look at it outside the fact that Impact has had 40 different restarts, it was a good show. It, it, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the matches. I didn't mind the booking. and um, But there were some of these crucial impact-type errors that took place there. You know, uh, Scott Steiner, um, you know, um, the the pacing of what match took place when I think was a little bit of an issue sometimes. And I think the women's division needs a little bit of work. But overall, I thought it was a great card. And, and the other thing that perplexes me a little bit is when you take Lucha Underground out of it, how many wrestlers do they really have on their roster? Oh, exactly. What's going on there? I mean, there's been rumblings that the Roldan family may want to or, or is interested in acquiring this company from Anthem. Do you see that as as a strong possibility? Where you're hearing anything on that? I'm not hearing anything on that, but, you know, it would be strange for Anthem to sell Impact at this point in time. You know, it, it would be, it, but at the same time, they don't have much of a roster and they relied really heavily on the Lucha guys. I think it worked, but what, and they were promoting the Lucha Underground show more than they were promoting their own show. No kidding. So, you know, something is probably in the mix there. That's probably the suspicion, right? It, it is, and you know, you say it, it'd be weird for, and it, and it is just from a timing standpoint of, wow, they haven't had this very long, but when you stop and you think about what they purchased, and you know, it, it's still baffling to me that that Dixie Carter found a buyer who was who took a look at the books, knew what this was, knew what the television situation was, and still said, yeah, we're going to buy. It's bizarre to me that, I mean, there were multiple comp there was Billy Corgan, there was Anthem, uh, there was Aerolux, all fighting over this company that I, I don't believe has turned a profit. Um, you know, I, I know Dixie Carter will point to specific years and I still wonder, well, how much of that was creative book work where you dumped some of the negatives onto the next calendar or whatever. But even if they did make a profit at some point, I, I don't know what allure there is for any of those parties to to purchase this. And so now that Anthem's been it actually you know, they, they actually pulled the trigger. They've been doing this for a while. They've slashed a lot of salaries. They, they, I think the big appeal for them was thinking, hey, we can get this on a better network. We can get that big uh, television deal. And they didn't get it. And so they have to be looking at this going, how do we make money with it if we can't get that television deal? So I, I wouldn't be, you know, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they are in the market to unload this, just, you know, cut their losses or try to make back whatever they invested in this, just because I don't know where you go from here. And what, what actual assets do they have? You know, they don't have a great TV deal. They don't have a great, uh, a huge amount of great locked up talent that other people can't get. You know, I mean, a lot of them are, 
are wrestling in other places. Um, I'm not sure who would buy the company per se. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's where the Royal Dan's come in if they are interested. I mean, I was amazed that they found you know as many potential buyers. All it takes is one, but still, I, I was amazed. Now that doesn't mean the product is in a, is in a bad place. I think I still look at 2016. And I say that was their best year creatively. They had a lot of things cooking. And it just, you know, it, they were paying for past sins uh, that people weren't going to give this much of a chance. And it took Matt Hardy and the Broken Universe to kind of bring some people in. Uh, but then they made the creative shakeup. And when Anthem bought the company, they brought in Jeff Jarrett and, and your pal and my pal Dutch. And it just was, it wasn't good. You know, it was a really disappointing return for Jeff Jarrett, in my opinion. So I think what we're seeing now is better than it was in 2017. And it does seem like the numbers are, they've managed to increase them. You know, they're they're not setting the world on fire. And some people are going to point to pop TV and go, they, they need to get off of that. Well, yeah, ideally they'd find somebody willing to pay them a fortune, of course, but easier said than done. And I, I just, I don't know where you go from here if you can't find that potential television partner. And it seems like, you know, I mean, it's it's a worldwide basis thing too. So I, I do think the product is better. I did come away I gave the show a C plus, you know, I, and and because I, I was trying really hard not to grade it on that impact wrestling curve where you're only kind of comparing it to other shows. If I do that, then I really the grade the grade goes up significantly because they didn't make the usual mistakes. They didn't have a screw job finish in the main event, a bunch of ref bumps and things. I don't know why it's taken somebody what, 16 years, however long this company's been around to stop and go, you know, what What if we just delivered a straightforward wrestling show without a bunch of overbooked nonsense? They did, and it was well-received. Imagine that, Matt. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was. I thought a, a lot of the matches worked. I think, um, you know, of course, leading off of the Lucha guys was good. I, I think Eli Drake is a star. Um, I, I think he's he's just great, and the LAX guys are good, too. Brian Cage is great. Um, and, of course, I'm a huge Ray Phoenix fan and a Pentagon fan and Austin Aries, you know, uh, fan as well. So, uh, you know, I don't know what the Matt Seidel, Josh Matthews thing is. But so the booking was a little weird. But at the same point, if you grade on the impact scale, it's like a A++. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, it just and it was a good show overall. And so when people, you know, the TNA or Impact Wrestling Defenders hear me say C+, they're like, oh, that's not fair, blah, blah, blah. Well, when you're comparing it to other wrestling events, I'm sorry. You know, that's where it fell for me personally. It's all subjective. That's where it fell. But, yeah, you compare it to what we've seen from this company in, in the past, and, and I'm with you. This was uh, one of their better shows, and it was refreshing to see. And... Okay, LAX. Now, I said we weren't going to get into spoilers. And so, I, look, I, this I'm not telling you who beat who or anything like that, but I, I think it needs to at least be addressed if you want to skip ahead a little bit to avoid me saying, again, I'm not saying who they faced or anything like that. Skip ahead, I don't know, two minutes, and uh, then you can avoid all conversation that involves spoilers. But, uh, Matt, one thing that stood out, they dropped the tag titles at the uh, Redemption show, now they're losing every match they have at the tapings. Are these guys going away? You know, they're young. They're good. They they have a really good. Uh, um, they have a really they, they they have a really good tag team moves. I like them a lot. I can't see any reason why they'd stay. You know, um, 
who knows what's going on with them? Have you heard anything about them leaving? No, but just looking at the booking, it, it just seems odd to me. And I don't know if there's some story that will play out on television that's going to help it make sense, but it does seem like this company has been more open to, maybe not letting people out of their deals. Well, in some cases, they have been if they're more lucrative. If somebody wants to leave early, you know, right. they'll let them to avoid, you know, just to, to save the money. Either they know they're leaving anyway. Why not save the money kind of a thing? I don't know that these guys are paid so well that that's an issue, but at the same time, I don't know when their contracts expire. So I do wonder if something's going on there. With Eli Drake, you know, you said you're high on him. I am too, to a point. Um, I, I think there's a ton of potential there, but the thing that stands out to me with Eli is there's just too many times where he comes off like a Dwayne Johnson clone. Right. I, I'm not as big a fan of his uh, Mike skills as I think he is, or as I think um, the company is. He reminds me a bit of Ken Kennedy, where he's good on the mic, but everybody thinks he's great on the mic. I was really impressed with him in the ring. I think he's great in the ring. And um, I think he's pretty good on the mic, but I think maybe, you know, that over-the-top Ken Kennedy-type style needs to go a little bit. I don't know what Scott Steiner was doing there. Um, at some points, I was concerned for him and the people wrestling with him. Yeah, no kidding. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, with Eli, I mean, I think the potential is there. I just want him to, because I think he does have that gift of gap. He's charismatic. He is good in the ring. And the promos, I think the ability is certainly there. He just needs to find a way to be himself and not to come off like a clone. You mentioned, I wasn't even thinking of Ken Kennedy, but yeah, there is some of that in there as well. But I think the guy has a lot of upside. I was actually disappointed when they took the title off him. I was disappointed by his whole title reign because it just consisted of the usual impact wrestling approach of, well, he's a heel, so he has to cheat to win. How about giving the guy some in-ring credibility? Is that too much to ask, Matt? Right. You know, that was the thing with Ric Flair. You know, Ric Flair is the prototype heel champion. And when he got a jobber in there, he got a medium type face in there. He would show why he was the champion. And he only had to cheat when he was facing the elite guys. So, you know, it, it's more it's also more of the impact stop and start thing. You know, um, don't switch horses midstream. And it, they do that so often that it, it chases away viewers and makes people uh it makes it difficult to invest in the program why does the grand championship exist i don't even know why it exists or what it is and i just it's just it's very tna you know it's very tna to have a title that nobody knows what its purpose is or why it's there still people still don't know what the x division title is you know or was you know no no one has ever been able to define it so 
more TNA stuff right there. Yeah, it was funny. They, they you know, they they did the in-ring introductions, the formal intros, if you will, for the main event of Redemption. And I'm like, wow, all of these guys could be in the cruiserweight division on WWE television on, on 205 Live. And then I thought, wait, they could all be in the X division. So what is the difference these days? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's absolutely no difference at all. You just have to try, like a lot of things, you know, like a lot of wrestling out there now, you don't get invested in the storylines. And in 2018, we're invested in seeing good matches. And I think that's what kind of put this pay-per-view into a watchable category, especially in the six-way, where we had good matches, you know. Um, As far as paying attention to the details of it, the titles, the angles, that's been diminished over the years. And with impact, it's almost insignificant sometimes. Where do you stand on Cage? Brian Cage, is he the next big star of Impact Wrestling? I mean, they, they seem to be booking him that way. Is it clicking? Well, I, I, I like Brian Cage a lot. I've seen him wrestle several times in person. He is gigantic in person. He's a huge man. Um, he's not tall. You know, he's maybe 5'11 or 6 feet tall. But uh, I think he looks great in the ring. I like his persona. I think he's someone that could could you know maybe not be your top top star but be in your top two or three um he definitely uh i definitely loved watching him kind of destroy the cruiserweights a little bit but i, I think if they want to hold on to somebody he should be at the very top of their list how do you feel about him um i'm open you know i i like what they've done with him so far i think at this taping you know, they've only had one taping with him and it felt like those crowds were so tired or just whatever by the time they got to him and Lashley in those matches that that should have come off like a huge deal. And instead you just have these crowds sitting on their hands and, and it didn't come off well. That Those should have been, those matches should have made Cage just when you think about what how dominant Lashley was during his run in the company and they just didn't. I, but I think some of it too is there needs to be some connection made with Cage and the crowd. You know, they're, they're using the Goldberg playbook, but with Cage, it, it it just feels like we need to hear something from him, so, uh, almost a mission statement or something that fans can latch on to. But I, I do think he's definitely a guy to build around, without question. I think they've made the right decision. It's just how do they get there? Yeah, um, it's, you know, is Impact able to build around somebody? You know, are they able to build around Austin Aries? Are they able to build around a Brian Cage? These are theories that have not been proven as of yet, but you know, the booking has been improved over the last, you know, Scott Demore and um, the Jackal have done a pretty good job with it thus far. So uh, hopefully they know what they have in Brian Cage. It seems they do because they're making a huge deal about him. And final impact related question. Where are you on this whole Sammy Callahan, Eddie Edwards thing in terms of, you know, it, it obviously started ugly. Uh, they exploit the situation of Eddie taking a baseball bat to the eye. Uh, legitimately, and they get TMZ attention, and now they're having Eddie go crazy and accidentally hit his wife with a kendo stick and all this. Uh, your, your thoughts on just that program and and uh, the approach they've taken with this? It's it, this is kind of where impact is impact because this should have been a singles match and it should have been kind of the focus of this pay per view. It's the hottest thing they have going. It's the thing that's blowing up Twitter. You know, it's a it's a shoot. You know, they talk about working yourself in a shoot. You shot yourself into a work. You know, people are interested. People wanted to see this match. If they would have built up a one on one match, why involve silliness with the wife? Why not just have a one on one match, steel cage, baseball bat match, whatever, and really build around this? Eddie Edwards is a decent face. 
Sammy Callahan has really stepped up his game. I think it was a missed opportunity. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think, look, the whole debate over impact exploiting that, it was an ugly situation. And I think people expected some big public apology from Sammy Callahan that I don't think they had coming. As long as he apologized to Eddie Edwards and showed remorse backstage, I, I think you keep him in character. I think they were wise to do that. And I know that kind of, there's Jim Cornette and a lot of other people feel st- just were very much against the whole thing happening. I get that part of it. I mean, yeah, it was a stupid spot. I can't believe the way it was laid out with the, you know, the bat coming down toward his face when you could have done the same thing to the side. And worst case scenario, it hits his arm or his side rather than his face. Uh, but I think once the accident happened, I think they've approached it the right way just in terms of getting just trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive. And, but I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I know they did the singles match between those two on the WrestleMania weekend show, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I didn't think much about the, the whole six man tag, but yeah, that is a match, especially we don't have another impact pay-per-view until July. Matt, there's no guarantee that this program's still going to be going <laughs> strong by then. And it, it, it's such a wasted opportunity because people, would have bought the pay-per-view based on that one match. People would have done that. So it, it's a huge wasted opportunity. Whatever the start of it was, it, it, you know, it's something that he's done, I guess, before. The baseball bat hit the very top of the chair, and it ended up hitting in the eye. We've all seen it. The way they reacted to it was the perfect way to react to it. It's professional wrestling, and Twitter and social media is the new wrestling. It's the new work. you got to work it, and work it for what? A six-man match with Tommy Dreamer? Makes no sense at all to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in their defense, is that where the marathon tapings come in? Where maybe if they had that one to do all over again, you know, they, because all of this happened back in January. I don't know if they realized just how much this was going to, how much attention this was going to garner for them. True, true. But you know, if if they can, uh, you know, if WWE can can shake up their card based on the superstar shakeup, I'm pretty sure they could have started building up this match on social media and really get a grip on what's going on uh, promotion-wise, 2018 style, you you don't need to be a slave to the tapings. You can, in today's day and age, build up a match through social media and, and, and say, okay, well, we've got to change now because of what happened. It was a perfect opportunity, and you're, you're talking July. It's over. The, the chance to draw people in with this angle is now done. Well, Matt, you, we were going to talk for 30 minutes. We've already doubled that. And uh, it's really been a good conversation. I've enjoyed it, and I definitely look forward to doing more with you in the future. Anything you want to plug again before we get out of here? Hey, well, thanks a lot for having me on. I've listened to you for years. I've been a reader of your website for years, and it's an honor to be on, and I can't wait to be on with you again. I'm Matt Kuhn. You can reach me at Matt Kuhn Music. Please check out Why It Ended, which is our podcast with Robbie E., and also give a chance to The Botch Along, which is me and Johnny Fairplay, where we watch along one of those pay-per-views that you know you should watch, but you have difficulty doing. Me and Johnny are going to help you through it. I'm going to research it. Johnny's going to try to be funny. Go ahead and give it a chance. It's at the uh, it's at botchalong.com. And thanks again for having me on, Jason. Hey, gang, it takes a lot of time and effort to produce a show like this. And one way you can support ProWrestling.net is by becoming a member at PWMembership.net. However, there's also an easy and free way to do so. Think of us when you shop at Amazon by simply starting your Amazon shopping at ProWrestling.net slash Amazon. 
You're not charged any extra, but we receive a small and very helpful commission on what you purchase. A big thanks to everyone who has helped out so far. Remember, that's ProWrestling.net slash Amazon. My next guest is a guy I've known going on 20 years. He's had a lot of ups and downs, and he's always been the first to admit that. When he's healthy, I've said it repeatedly, he's the nicest guy in the pro wrestling industry. He's also his own worst critic. I've never known someone as tough on himself as Justin Credible is. He wears his heart on his sleeve, as you're going to find out during this interview, as he gets very emotional at times. And I can't tell you how much I want PJ Polacco to be someone we point to as a success story someday. I want him to be a guy that when others are having issues, we can point to PJ as an example of someone who went to hell and back and not only lived to talk about it, but as someone thriving in life. Let's put it uh, bluntly. He's not there yet, but I'm never going to quit hoping that he gets clean and mentally healthy and eventually shows the world what a great person he is, minus all of the baggage. The interview is definitely rough at times, but here it is, my interview with Justin Credible. Back on the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast with special guest Justin Credible, who is going to be the subject of a new documentary called Credible. Justin, this is, uh, or PJ, PJ Polacco. Uh, I'm sure I'll probably go back and forth on both of those, but this is being, this whole film is being shot on your life. And I, I want to start specifically with how this whole thing came together. You know, it came together out of nowhere. Um, I was, uh, you know, I'd gone through treatment and I had stumbled um, a few times, nothing major, but uh, I was having a hard time. And, um, Dallas Page called me with uh, a friend and a, produ- a guy with uh, a gentleman named Douglas Cartelli who mentors and supports athletes. You know, uh, he's, he's very successful. Um, he's uh, he owns a concrete, um, you know, one of the biggest concrete places uh, in the Northeast. He puts up skyscrapers worldwide. I mean, this guy, you know, is is a big deal. But he also uh, went through his own hard time and mentors athletes and uh, he saw potential in um you know this life of you know hey let's could we shoot this turnaround this this turnaround story uh, i think there's you know he wanted to get into the movie making business um and uh you know i i got put into in touch with them by ddp uh originally the plan was for me to go to dallas's um, for, you know, extended amount of time, but we were, I, you know, a lot of us personally didn't want to do Jake, you know, Jake's too. Um, I didn't end also with all due respect to Dallas. And I think I've told them this myself is I also didn't want to do, uh, a DDP yoga commercial. Sure. Um, you know, uh, which, you know, Dallas people do, do fine work. Um, you know, they all do, but I wanted to make it gritty. I wanted it to be about, you know, there's a lot more to my story than just, you know, a, a DDP yoga story. And again, nothing against anybody, uh, just my personal feelings. So we got together, they wanted to do this documentary and, um, and and there we went. Uh, we kind of went on this journey to uh, to we we shot some really good days. Uh, we shot with Scott Hall. Um, we had a intimate dinner with Scott Hall. Um, Jake Roberts uh, sat down with Shane Douglas at the ECW Arena. Uh, Kevin Nash 
uh, spoke for us to, or spoke about it. You know, these are all pieces of the documentary. Uh, we're still working on the actual narrative um, because right now all we got is a bunch of clips. Um, the narrative is basically me telling A to Z my story. Um, so that's what's left. We really only have two or three days left of the film, and the director, um, you know, had an idea of okay, let's do a live event. You know, small building. You know, maybe three hundred people. Uh, you know, because basically the finishing scene is you know my redemption of me walking through the curtain to to kind of you know uh, he, he, you know they kind of were seeing the smaller picture. Because there, a lot of people are very uh, internet kind of based. This was after that Blitzkrieg wrestling show. If I say, so, I can get the timeline right for some of the audience who may not know. Uh, I embarrassed myself. I, you know, I tried to do uh, something that Terry Funk did to me years ago, where I, he was at the gimmick table and was, you know, shooting on me, but working with me. I knew he was working. These kids didn't. Um, but I was drunk, too. So that's what gave me the balls to kind of come up with the idea. So they, they, had, they had no idea what I was trying to do. And, I, you know, whatever. It was a mess. But unfortunately, they try to turn these little things that very little people uh, actually get to see into, into a movie. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we're trying to make it a broader scope. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that that was the we're gonna say that you know that that's kind of the reason I relapsed, you know, and it was very public and it did go viral, um, but that's certainly not uh, the story of the entire thing. The story is my life. The story is the whens, the wheres, the hows, uh, the pain, the grief, the everyday struggles that I go through. Um, and, and I hate to sound like it, and you know me, just about as well as anybody in this business. We've had a 20-plus year relationship, um, and uh, I hate to be that kind of, you know, I always put myself last. I always saw I'm self-deprecating, um, you know, and stuff of that nature. But uh, basically, I just want to tell the story of, I think, why I'm the way I am. Why the why I you know why I relapsed and you know it's 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 it was easier for me. Um, I've been almost going on six years now clean from heroin, IV use heroin. Wow. 
Okay, but the last time you you and I saw each other personally was in Minneapolis. Right. And this was years and years ago, so I'd already, you know, this is before my uh, rehab, but I was already closet drinking with you. I didn't hide it from you. I, we had a bottle of vodka. You barely touched it. I, I didn't even know about thing, the vodka. You know? all, all I knew was you, you wanted to stop and buy a, uh, a 40, basically, or, or just a tall boy of something. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was trying to obviously just, I was closet drinking because I needed something else. And and I really, I'm starting to, and I said it on other, um, interviews and, and places and podcasts that I'm starting to get concerned where, cause this is a, this becomes a mental health issue. I don't take any medication other than my prescribed Suboxone, which is, uh, what they give to opiate addicts. Okay. It's a, it possesses a blocker, but it also helps because when you go through cold, I mean, it takes years for your endorphins in your mind to, to kind of get back to where they were prior to addiction. And unfortunately, in this day and age, in my world, I don't have that luxury. And it helped me a little bit um, at least mood stabilized, um, because a lot, you know, it does stabilize your mood. It's not like methadone. Um, and I take it very much like I would take, uh, an aspirin in the morning. But other than that, that's all I'm on. I mean, I'm running high blood pressure, stuff like that. I got, I got a lot of, I'm, I'm afraid to go to a primary care physician right now because I know I'm a total mess physically inside. My body kills me. Um, I take Motrin and, and I use ice, you know, and that's, it's all Dallas ever says to me, DDP is like, bro, bro, you got to use ice. I'm like, dude, there's not enough ice in a goddamn planet that I could <laughs> use, you know? So, uh, but anyways, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of my pain stems from, I think, depression. I think depression of, of being away from the game of having, I mean, when, when you, when you accomplish your dreams at such a young age, it's like every story of, uh, almost like every, um, what do you call them? A child stars kind of thing. And you get it all ripped out from under you through, through some faults of your own, but some also not because WCW and ECW all collapsed in the same year. And I actually did get a chance to go to WWE. Um, but you know, you saw what happened there. I got lost in the Alliance shuffle. Um, and then my demons took control of me and really, uh, since then it was really downhill. And not to say that they weren't starting in ECW, but it wasn't not an everyday thing. It was, you play one week, next week you don't play. Like, you know, I'll smoke a J, a J with you. I won't, I won't touch it now. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a, the, and then when I was in WWE, through no fault of their own, they've been wonderful with their wellness program. If it wasn't for their wellness, I must say, and I'm not being political because I give two shits about being political. Um, but if it wasn't for their wellness program, I would not be here today. Um, they've given me support. They've paid for, uh, inpatient. They've paid for psychiatry, psychology, therapy long after the rehab. Um, so they they did their due diligence. They didn't have to do that. You know, it's not contractually, you know. Right. So 
for whatever reason, um, but I still, there's a void and there's something that I need to work on and I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't, I don't know what it is, but something drives me to want to change my state. My, my state being my, my state of mind. Like I'm, I'm, I've always been, I've always been a kind of a depressing soul. Everybody says that it was peach. Are you, you know, are you depressed? You know, what's your deal? Like, you know, I was kind of that miserable thing. Um, but that's always been my demeanor. My my observation and, uh, has always been, no matter where you were in your career, because I, I got to know you when you were ECW champion, which is, you know, it got to be pretty high on your list of, of peak moments highest, in your career. The yeah. highest. That was and, the and, highest. And even then, it, you would beat yourself up. You've always been your own I, worst critic. Yes, because I wanted to be, the my mind, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best. And those were maybe crazy goals, but a crazy goal too was getting into the business. You know, I didn't think I was ever going to make it, but those, you know, I figured, well, if I made it this far, you see, when I was ECW champion, that gave me the platform to go out there and, you know, like almost like it's um, so corny, but dare to dream dare to dream and here I am it could be considered like the AWA was the third company you know yeah. I'm the third company's heavyweight champion I'm going to be damned if I don't go out there and give everything I've got you know and be the best I could be and you know uh once that once that stopped, and I went back to and I said this uh, to somebody, um, and I don't remember where, but uh, I, I said this to somebody. I think it was just a personal conversation. Where I failed is I was such a young man when I got my WWF run as Aldo. Sure. When I went back to WWE, all the same faces were there, all the same guys were there, and I was still Aldo. And I, uh, they didn't treat me bad or I can't say again, I'm not pointing fingers here, but, uh, you know, I, I, I felt still like that young boy, you know, believe me. I mean, you could, I mean, people talk about PTSD shit all the time, dude, back in the early nineties when I got in, there was some serious PTSD shit going on. The things that happened to me, and someday, I, it ain't even in the movie, dude. I got a book that I will put out that I will basically never uh, see any of the boys again, but it will be a it will be in the New York Times bestseller list. I've said this to you before, Jason. I know where the bodies are buried. I know secrets that nobody does, well, or very few. I'm just, I don't, I'm not that guy to, to tell on, uh, you know, I'm not that stooge, you know, and I, I mean, like one day if, if I need that retirement fund, I'm going to cash in, but don't worry, it won't be for a while. <laughs> well, I, I do want to, let's, let's talk about the documentary here a little bit. How tough was it? Okay. How tough was it to bring your family into this in terms of, you know, you're bringing oh. a camera crew into your home basically. Oh, Oh, 
it's very tough. I literally had to, and a lot of it I did, um, because we did this in two ways. Uh, we had a professional camera crew come in um, to tape, uh, how, how should I say, they call it the bookend stuff, like the pretty stuff, like the stuff you saw in the dock. We bought the footage from RF video. Um, because, you know, that's kind of, instead of going through Vince, we bought the hard sure. cam shit. Um, but still just to kind of, we didn't want to make, I didn't want to make it a wrestling movie. I wanted to make it a, a movie about a guy that happened to be a wrestler who had a problem with addiction. And it's such a prevalent thing today. It's amazing how many people know someone that's addicted to something, whether it's and alcohol. I thought heroin was bad. I mean, dude, more, I mean, alcohol is, I was at an appearance this week and I literally had, uh, we took a group shot and I'm not naming names, but we took a group shot and well, I will name names cause you don't care. New Jack was drinking a Heineken. And it was in the group shop that somebody posted. And, and of course, you know, my name gets brought up. And Eric Sims, the promoter of that event, literally said, you know, Just Incredible was not drinking at the event. And I wasn't. At that time, I was not. You know, and I've had my, I've had my falls. I have had my falls. Um, and it's not easy to reset the clock because dude, it's so easy on a rainy day to say, I, 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 we call it in AA the case of the fuck it. Eh, just one, you know, unfortunately one day turns into two turns into three right. because, you know, but, uh, it's like that case of the fuck it's where, you know, you're just, you're miserable. I mean, I, I, I don't live a glamorous life. I live a pretty shitty life, quite frankly, because of my own doing, not because of anybody else's. Um, this documentary captures a lot of really raw stuff, uh, really raw stuff and stuff that, um, you know, is, is not, it's not easy to take. And, and my kids, I had to ask the kids, um, Basically, you know, how do you feel about your father? You know, what happened? Like, you know, I'm asking them these questions of what's going on, right. you know, like, why do you, do you feel this way? And, and the, and the saddest thing is they said, eh, we just became used to it. Uh, now to hear that from your children is, 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 is really sad. Right. You know, what were they excited about having the cameras in the home and, and, and being in a movie? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no, I, I, I had to bribe them. <laughs> they don't care. Cause to me, it's dad. It's all hoopla. Yeah. Cause you know, what never follows, you know, you know, it never happens in wrestling. The money never comes. The trailers come out, the videos come out, the dolls come out, but the money never never happens. So their lives don't change day to day. Um, you might have a better week one week, kid, but uh, you know people have this, and I did too. Uh, when I thought I signed with the WWF, I thought I signed with the NFL. Right. You know, I thought it was like that. I didn't realize how carny the business was. 
Um, today it's more like that, but then it was very different, you know, and, uh, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's mind blowing what really is out there in this world for guys getting into the business that, that dare to dream, you know, that, that fantasy world of, you know, is this, is this something I can do? Does every, you know, doesn't everybody want to be in, you know, how they show it on TV? Of course, they never show the tarped off side that's half empty, but you know, the lights, the stage, the action, you know, I would trade any years in the WWF for the three and a half years in that goddamn bingo hall, because that was real that was intense. It wasn't real, real. I mean, I'm saying that was real passion, real intensity, and real, real wrestlers really working as hard as they could to entertain the fans. And we were doing something a little different than everybody else at the time, because at the time it was, you know, the the Aldo Montoyas and the Quangs and the you know the Adam Bombs and WCW was doing no better with their gimmicks. So, um, you know, it was, it was that, like, we want real wrestling. So you bring in the Terry Funks, you bring in a freak of nature who innovated the business like Sabu and Van Damme and guys like Dreamer and Sandman, you know, and, you know, and I say Sandman now, but he was back then, he was the people's guy. He was just, you know, admitted, I was a drunk swinging a cane. I didn't know how to work. <laughs> It actually got better. It was actually pretty decent. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Towards the end, but, uh, you know, it is. Uh... It, you know, for for twenty five year career going on twenty I'm twenty four going on twenty five uh, October sixteenth is uh, twenty five years. Wow. Um, three and a half years is pretty much all I all I remember of positivity. You know. So well, we, it's been a I, I very wanna, very hard journey. Yeah, and I want to get into some of this, but I know one thing we have to talk about is. The Capital Wrestling Event, May 20th, New Britain, Connecticut, at the New Britain VFW Hall. And it's they're, they're filming, basically, uh, a portion of the movie. You are facing homicide in an actual match. So it's a combo yes. It's a combo movie shoot, but it's an actual wrestling show as well. Well, it's more, it's more of a... It is a wrestling show, uh, first and foremost. 
there uh it was uh, quite frankly a little bit of a disc- discord in the, uh, the opinion of what we wanted to do um we really didn't like, we could have done this at any indie show um but some people in in our the organization i say uh wanted to do it that way i thought why 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 risk losing the money but whatever um so yeah i mean it's going to be uh you know, hopefully we can get some, uh, some, you know, some of my more loyal fans that I know. I mean, one lady from Massachusetts has my, uh, my face tattooed on her arm and stuff, you know, wow. get, you know, get people like that coming in and get that on film and some cool stuff. So it, it's really, uh, it's a small venue. It holds 300 people. Um, it, it's a pure wrestling event. I'm doing a seminar, one of my pro wrestling one-on-one seminars there. So, you know, it's just, uh, but it's more or less the, the closing, you know, it's the end of, it's end of production that day. So, uh, we have plenty of good stuff and, um, I just hope and pray that, uh, when it's all said and done, the story is told the right way, you know, um, I'm a very good communicator, but sometimes it's hard to talk about the stuff that, that bothers me, you know, especially uh, a very soft spot with my children. And I went to places that I've never gone to before because one of my therapists at rehab told me I've never had an individual client that has so much bottled up inside of him hmm. um, that's just not, you know, and that's why, like, when I, you know, when I cry, I cry. I hurt. I hurt. And I don't know where that comes from. It's not like I, I was never abused at a blue-collar childhood like everybody else. Um, but somewhere there is this pain, maybe. I, I don't know. Again, guilt and shame. And um, it took me a long time. Um, to, to look at, I talked to Jake Roberts about this because he's one of the guys I call when I get tempted. And, uh, Jake said, man, it took me years before I could look in the mirror so I could shave. Yeah. Cause I couldn't look at that son of a bitch staring back at me. You have to forgive yourself. You know, I, I, I still can't. I, and that's probably one of my biggest problems. And also the fact that uh, my living arrangements aren't great. And I just feel like I keep getting hit with rights after lefts after. I, I just, you know, if, if the right hand don't get you, the left hand will. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those uh, those things. But I'm just hoping I really need to... Man, if there's anybody uh, who has any compassion for this journey of mine, um, you know, and I'm not one of those uh, carny guys, but I do think that May 20th will be something special. First hundred, uh, first hundred people in the building get a credible shirt, uh, free credible shirt. Uh, we're doing all kinds of stuff like that. It's basically, uh, it's more than a live event. It's going to be, it's going to be a really, uh, special, you know, thing, hopefully for the fans and for the ones that do support because it, you know, and the tickets are 15 and 20. So it's not like we're, you know, we're just trying to pretty much break even on the shoot. Um, it's more just to get the shots that we need to finish this up. But, uh, you know, it's it's very important to me. This is, you know, I'm going to be judged on this. 
this is not everybody gets a documentary, um, and I'm very proud of it. But I also wanted to to be um, done right, you know, to done to done well. And I, and I don't know how much I can I can do. Um, I'm you know stuffs to the can. Now we'll see what happens in the editing room. So right. Well, you know, one thing you can do is tell people where they can get tickets. Uh, they could just literally go to CredibleDocumentary.com. Um, there's a link. Uh, also, Capital Wrestling out of Washington, D.C. Um, if you go to their site, uh, which is widely available online, they have all the information. Um, and, uh, and if you go to my Twitter page, at uh, PJ Polacco, it is littered. It's almost disgusting with <laughs> just you know information after information. So those would be your your sources: CredibleDocumentary.com, at PJ Polacco uh, on Twitter, and Capital Wrestling uh, also on Twitter. But um, you know, let's get into some heavier stuff. Well, you know, we got a lot to, a lot of uh, interesting stuff to talk about. We, we do, but one more kind of. I, I just think it's a question that needs to be asked. What, tell people what this film is going to be. Is it a, is it going to have a theatrical release, DVD, streaming? Where are you guys at with that? Uh, Netflix. We have a letter of intent. Uh, we certainly. I'm speaking with someone right now who does uh, action figures, and for the physical release, um, they're going to have an action figure uh, instead of a you know like uh, how Nikki Six had a a you know soundtrack to his book. I had the idea of let's do an action figure, a special edition action figure with the Blu-ray. Yeah. Because I think that something neat, and uh, we have somebody uh, to do that. Uh, his name his name is Steve. He works his actually his shop is called Steve Heroes Legends, up in Albany, New York. Um, he works with top talent, and um, we, we still haven't ironed that out yet. So I don't want to get too excited, but uh, we're looking at, at making that happen, you know, and. Um, and right now, that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, not theatrical, obviously, but uh, we're going to shop at the film festivals. Um, I'm doing the circuit, you know. I'm going to be hitting the, the film circuit, the film festival circuit, uh, selling this movie like I'm, like, you know, like, like we do, uh, you know. But it, it, it's something I'm unaccustomed to, never done before. So uh, it's it's all just uh, very exciting, you know. And, uh, you know, and I just hope I just hope it works. I I know the story's compelling. I know they're gonna see me. They're gonna see the guy you know, Jason. They're gonna see that guy. They're gonna see the the vulnerability. They're gonna see me ugly. They're gonna see me at my worst. But they're gonna see me in some great great moments too. So they get they get the full spectrum, which is really important for me. Um, so I want people to understand that, uh, that there is life after this. And, uh, I don't want to be that boy that cries wolf because I feel like I've done that a couple times before, you know, this isn't the first time I've, I've done this. And unfortunately I felt like this was the last card I could play in my wrestling career is the, everybody loves a second chance. Well, this is like, and I always say it, the millionth chance. But this time I have a crew and I have an opportunity to get it right. And, um, you know, and it's, and it's not always pretty and it's not always easy, 
but uh, I do feel that uh, with these people that I, this movie could be a big success, and and I, I think it is it is as compelling as anything um, out there as far as documentaries. I, I would rate that honestly from just rough cuts and seeing what we've done as compelling as anything that I can promise. You know, I mean, just just from my children alone, just from you know the families and the day to day, it is uh, it, it it's heartfelt. And hopefully, uh, hey, it's not they have, that's the whole thing. And this isn't done yet. I just had a relapse. Yeah, you know? that that was the next thing I wanted uh, to talk to you about. Yeah, I just had a relapse. You know, WrestleMania and, uh, weekend, and uh, and then yeah. kind of carried over. I know to Robbie E's podcast. I heard from some mutual friends who were concerned after hearing you on that show. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, totally, dude. I'm taking on uh, again too much, and this is what my therapist said to me: "You're taking on too much. You're doing, you know, because uh, unfortunately, who else? Who else is going to bring home the bread, right?" At the end of the day, you know, money talks, bullshit walks, and it, and I'm taking on responsibilities that I just can't handle the stresses of. It's not the work. I could do work. It's the, it's the this one giving you the run around and this one bullshitting you, and then you hear that the director's talking about the producer, and then the you know the the executive producer doesn't want to give you money. And, uh, you know, it's it's more than on my pay grade. I signed up to do a movie about my life, and I feel like, in a way, um, it's just been a lot for me to handle because I'm trying to piece it all together. Um, one gentleman who I must say, his name is Douglas Cartelli, who, like I said, I mentioned before, he's the, he's the showrunner. He's the boss. He's the guy who put the money up. He's the guy that pays me every week. He he had a hard life. Uh, he's a very successful businessman now, but he went through some shit. And, you know, he thought this was a good story to tell. He was a boxer. Um, he mentors athletes, and he's trying to open, open up a facility to train uh, athletes, pro-athletes, with a doctor who did P90X. Actually, there's one in L.A. He wants to open one here in New England. Um, so he wanted me to be part of that, to get myself straight, get myself going, get certified in DDP yoga to help rehab and physically help other guys with injuries. So, it, you know, that, that part was cool. I just wasn't ready for the, how hard it could be to, you know, sometimes resentments and people aren't happy about, you know, things that are going on. And, you know, it's just a lot that, you know, a lot of politics everywhere you go in life, <laughs> especially when there's money thrown around. So um, that's been a big stress around me, something I was not prepared for, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm glad, but everything I said on Robbie's podcast was real. And I meant every word I said. And I was a little slow at the end, but again, they also, you and me both know my timeline. Anything past nine o'clock, you're grasping a straws, kid. <laughs> but I wasn't, I'm not saying I didn't have a couple in me either, because I'd be lying to you if I didn't, you know. But, uh, and how are I you today? Back on the horse. How am I today? I have not had a drink. Today, for right now, it could change, uh, 
an hour from now. I actually plan on hitting a meeting today. Good. I have a counter on. I have a counter on my phone that I literally reset every time I drink. And right now it's not looking too good. Uh, well, hold on. Let me actually pull it up for you. You'll laugh because you know the truth. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I don't have a minute. Um, it is one day, 12 hours. So that's the last one. And hopefully we'll make it two days, 12 hours by this time tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just it. you got to take it day by day. What, what is your first step when you relapse, when you decide, okay, you know, I, naturally... I get, angry. I get angry, something bad goes on, you know. And then, of course, the battle is within. The battle is with me. Well, that's just, what's your nobody, first step to rectify the situation? Nobody's going to know. I need a break. I need a mental break. And I know this is to disbelieve me. I don't hear voices, but it's like, I just want the voices to go away. I want the fucking phone to stop ringing. I want to stop hearing, you know, whether it's, you know, it's not like I want to check out from my family, but if it's, you know, if it really, if it's not one thing, it's another, like, I can't even get five minutes of peace in this house. I'm walking around. You got children, you got, you've got messes, you got wives, you got disease, you know, with, with my wife's situation, you just got, and you just say, I need to check out, you know, and I know I can't do that, but sometimes, man, it just is like so appealing to just breathe, Yeah, you know, and I just know, but I know I can't. My problem is I go till I go too far. It's not like you crack and open a couple of beers and saying, I'm good. Good. I can't do that. Do you? I, I just can't. Do you? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boosted by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You reach out to someone when you relapse, when you say, all right, you know, I, I, I did oh, what I, I did. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. I called my sponsor. Absolutely. And I called Jake, too. Jake Roberts knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to be accountable. That's one thing. When Dallas Page said, Peach, I love you, but I won't work with you if you're not accountable. Right. So that's one thing I have to do. It's not always pretty. And I don't get I don't like to get yelled at when I'm vulnerable. But sometimes it gives me a good kick in the ass because, you know what, his heart's in the right place and he means the right thing. So... Uh, I appreciate everything because he doesn't know me from other than his business. Like you know, he's he he's willing to help uh, you know bring me into his home and to 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 help me. I mean, you know, uh, who am I? 
I'm humbled by him. Hey, were, were you guys you close know, over the years? No, not at all. I barely knew him. I met him for Heartbeat in like 2001. Wow. We were just friends through Scott Hall. You know, we were just friends through the boys. You know, just through the boys. You know, that was it. Well, you know, you went through WWE sponsored rehab, and I believe you said you told me uh, recently it was your second time through. How does that process work? I mean, you, they, I know they send out an annual letter, but in terms of seeking that help, what's your first step? Um, well, it's just you. You literally you make the call to. Um, no, there's a gentleman uh, named Bob Keylarg. Uh, who handles the wellness program and usually uh, talent relations, uh, Mark Carano, they handle that. But I know by Bob's number on speed dial, he's, he's, I mean, he's literally Western Union made money when I was stuck in the middle of nowhere. That's how good of a man this man is. And that's not WWE money, that's his money. You know, so um, they'll they'll just they'll they'll take care of you, they'll give you the finest care, and uh, you know he's going to make that call and commit. You know, and uh, and that's one thing. I mean, I might not be the shining example of of recovery, but uh, hell, man, if Jake Roberts and you know dogs that Road Dog says it, I talk to Brian James all the time. Road Dog says it all the time. He says, dude, if, if me and Jake could do it, what the hell? <laughs> You know, right, and and that's the truth. I mean, you know, it's just you you have to believe, and uh, I I think I have to make some. Uh, and this isn't cryptic in any way, or no way should this be taken. Like I'm, you know, I have to make some life choices uh, with my family and possibly my relationship um, with the person I love very much because. Uh, as being very revealing in itself, but um, it's just, I don't think it's good. Sometimes it's, I, I just, um, I need my own time and I can't help anybody if I'm not well. Right. And I think there's a lot of resentment there with her um, because she never got that posh treatment, you know, not that I consider it posh. Don't get me wrong. You're alone in a room. You're sleep. You can't sleep for weeks. You're crying. You're, you're sad. All your emotions are raw. You know, um, it's, it's not, it's not comfortable in any way, shape or form. Um, but I think there, there comes a time where you got to really, uh, so I don't know where, I don't know where that, I mean, again, that's not like some cryptic message, but yeah. I think I have to really reevaluate my life going forward because to me, it's all or nothing, ride or die with her. And I think I might have to uh, reassess that, honestly, uh, maybe counseling, maybe uh, something together that's always in the cards, you know, where we've made it 20 something years in the wrestling business. That's not uh not easily done, you know, and I think she has holds a lot of resentments towards me for what I've put her through. Um, uh, you know, and I feel guilt, guilt and shame over all of that. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. Yeah. I, I'm with, you know, I mean, that, that's pretty heavy stuff there, man. Um, it is. You know, it's very true though. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, you know, but it comes a time where, She's always like, you get to go off, but I got to stay and be mom. I don't get that time to get well either. 
and again, you know, I'm getting choked up. I don't mean to be, but um, she doesn't get that time, and I feel bad. But who's going to take who's going to take the reins? You know, um, I'm not picking on families, but sometimes not every family's the Brady Bunch. Oh, well, I'll take the grandkids. <laughs> not in, not my family, anyways. For sure. Uh, you know, my family is as selfish as if I get my mother and father to go to May 20th, the last day of my documentary, it'll be like, you know, it'll be the end of the world because they haven't come to one of my events in 20 years. Wow. Not that I would have wanted them there, but they don't care. They only care when that's something positive to show their son off to. And again, those are my resentments. But uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, there's a lot of things going on with healing and truly getting better. You know, and again, this is like a Dr. Phil episode, but it all has to do with pro wrestling because this had to do with years and years of beating your body up. And again, I, I talked about CTE, which is something I've strayed from. Yeah. Okay. All the time. But I'm starting to feel, um, you know, days Sometimes days fall into days and without any beverages or any substances where I think I have conversations with people. It's like, dude, we just talked. We did the same thing. I'm starting to get that a lot. And I'm starting to get scared, but I can't. Who do I go to them? You know, who there's, we're, we're talking about unwritten territory. You know, I'm not going to sue anybody. I'm not, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to say. Right. Not because of WWE. I'm not blaming them. I had a career with them, but I had other places I wrestled too. So this isn't a WWE bashing segment. But, um, well, do, know, do they offer uh, any type of. It's very, very, very uh, sticky situation, you know? Very sticky situation. When it comes to WWE and, and, this, and head trauma CTE, do they? Is there any type of thing they offer similar to the to what they do for addiction issues? No, they don't. They don't. They 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 they, they don't. And uh, it's unfortunate, but I don't think they're there yet. I don't think CTE is there. You know, I don't think CTE is there yet. <laughs> You know. Well, I've, I've talked to you about this oh. off air. Do you, it, it almost, you know, from talking to you, it almost seems like you're like aware there could be issues you don't know, but there's a part of you that doesn't want to find out. Um, I want to find out. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I know uh, what the answers are kind of a thing. Okay, we're back. We had to take a quick break, but uh, so if the, if the sound quality is any different, that's why. But um, we were talking about CTE, and and the question I asked you was, does a situation like Daniel Bryan's give you any sense of hope that this is a guy who was diagnosed with uh, some pretty very serious medical issues, and through time and treatment, apparently was able to receive medical clearance. Does, as someone who doesn't know but fears CTE, does that give you any sense of hope? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, and I'll explain why. Um, things happen miraculously uh, in the WWE. And I have nothing against anyone there. I, I, they've done a bang-up job of taking care of their athletes, but nothing has changed. Um, if anybody, uh, I follow that gentleman, uh, what's the kid's name from Harvard? Uh, Chris Nowinski. Yeah. 
I follow him all the time, and uh, he that's his cause. You know, he does the CTE stuff because he was um, had you know many concussions and so forth. No, I, to me that's a matter of uh, look. We need we need this kid in the show, and we'll we'll take care of him in the ring. We'll protect him. He's not going to be Daniel Bryan from Ring of Honor, but uh, or Brian Danielson, whatever. But personally, I think that's politics. I don't think that's that's any thing of a medical fit, uh, issue. I think that's complete politics. And I would like something to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Well, Show me something. Here's the thing. You know? Normal, I'm very skeptical of, of things like this. In this case, he had to go do a lot of neurological testing away from their doctors in order and, and really go see a lot of top experts. If it if it were just hey WWE miraculously cleared this guy I believe I I would out of nowhere without any type of outside uh, analyzation taking place I I would be just as skeptical as you are but the fact is he did all this on his own they didn't want to clear him for the longest time it took them forever and and so it's kind of a matter of I know the timing of WrestleMania is interesting but it's not like Daniel Bryan returning to that show made that show no no it, it certainly didn't. Um, and I agree. And look, I, I certainly hope there is hope out there. Um, I just notice, uh, and again, maybe it's because of other things that have happened to me in my life. I notice myself slowing down and I'm very articulate when I'm on, I'm on, but there are days where I'm sober and clean and have been for a long time. And I repeat myself. I I'm I'm almost like a bad joke to some of my uh, friends and family because I'm I really you know I, I'm out there. Um, my eyesight now I'm starting to I hate to say this I'm not saying this in, in any way to hurt or make fun of but you know you see how Shawn Michaels' eyes are yeah yeah mine are getting like that too wow where I where I have a hard time. Um, focusing uh, visually, um, and it's—I don't know—I—I I don't have the the money, nor the nor the nor the resources, nor am I going to. I'm not going to attack them because look, they didn't make me do this. Uh, but the, the only the only the only issue I ever had with them was one night I wrestled the Samoans. In 1993, on Monday Night Raw Live, I got knocked out cold on live television, and they moved a corpse, which was me in the ring. Who knows if I had a broken neck or not? To my to the other guy to get him in to finish the match. All I remember is somehow getting in my car, got paid. And driving, if anybody knows anything about Manhattan and how the driving is, getting from Manhattan to Connecticut, which is about two hours, but it's a it's a hard two hours of a lot of hustle and bustle. Yeah. And waking up in my parents' bed, well, my, my I still was 19, so I was still living at home, but waking up in my room, not knowing how I got there and wondering, did I wrestle last night? Wow. Uh, well, yeah, you did. It was on live TV, but of course, back then there was no internet and stuff like that. So, again, that's the and there was other times. I mean, ECW Thursday night, Jerry Lynn knocked me out with a power bomb off the top rope. 
Friday night, they gave me off in Queens. Saturday was the arena. Now, mind you, I was blacked out. Saturday, two out of three falls, 30 minutes. He took it so easy on me, but even a roll, like he was trying to baby me like the baby Jesus, no pun intended. Like he was trying not to touch me, but a simple roll. You could see me come up holding my head in pain. And then everything for that for that weekend was sold out because there was a convention in town or something. Like you couldn't get anything like anywhere, like hotel wise. And I drove a stud <laughs> still pride and joy. I am the only new car I ever bought. A stick shift Jetta. Um that was with my Vince money. I bought a red uh, yeah, so corny, so nineties. <laughs> stick shift Volkswagen Jetta. But my wife could not drive stick literally every 15 to 20 miles i had to stop puke lay down um a ride that would have took normally an hour and a half took me seven of me just gutting it up and getting in the car and going after a, a traumatic thing like that and that's happened other times i mean that's just those are just two times i could think of that really hit me home, but there's so many others. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm this articulate. I try to read books. I try to, to, uh, do self-improvement stuff. I do a lot of Tony Robbins stuff. That's why I love Dallas so much because I know he's into a lot of people don't believe his, his stuff. Like, you know, positively page stuff, dude, but is it is all real because if you you know if you think you can do it or you think you can't, both of them are right. You know you're both. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can do it. You know, and it's almost like just that that go to that go for it attitude. And it's corny as it sounds, whatever. But I try to stay bright. I try to stay uh, very intellectually active. Um, Stimulated. But I I thought. I, yeah, and but I find myself slipping. I'm 44, dude. Uh, you know, I'm 44, and I don't see straight no more. Uh. Um, and it's not because of other things. <laughs> I haven't smoked weed in 10 years, dude. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should get my weed card, but uh, I digress. It's legal in Connecticut. I just don't have the fucking money to pay for it. Well, because it. Anyways, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you back in in your in, in the nineties um, when you were suffering these concussions. What was your mindset? Did you think this is serious, or was it the old eh, "rub some dirt on it, you'll be okay, kid" kind of approach? Tape and glue. Yeah, uh, like MacGyver, bubblegum tape, spit. You'll, you'll, dude, I've never had a stitch in my life. Sabu was my, my stitch. Come here. He'd throw some crazy glue on it. We're done. And what was, so when you have head trauma back in those days, ECW, WWE, what was both, what was the management's perspective on something? Was it taken seriously? I don't think nobody was thinking that far ahead. 
No, I mean, I, I played high school football and, you know, back in around that time, 1990 was my last year of high school. And, you know, I, re- I remember getting my bell rang once and it, it was just what I described, you know, kind of a rub, rub some dirt on a kid, get back in there. It, it's times have changed. I, I don't know that but, a lot of younger people realize just what the mentality was. And, and it wasn't people being cruel. It, to me, it was uh, it just was a lack of understanding of how serious the situation really was and still is. Correct. Correct. Nobody, I wasn't being cruel. It was what you did. It was, look, kid, you know, uh, and also it was fear. Not, not fear that they would fire you over it, but fear that there's 20 or 30 or more young lions just ripping, ripping down the doors, trying to get in. Right. And you got to protect yours. So it's not necessarily, again, that's why I do not hold WWE culpable for any of it. Um, they would be a sensitive to, I, I still think, you know, they do believe it or not as callous as they may be. Sometimes Vince McMahon for all his crazy, is a pretty stand-up guy. Paul Levesque, I knew, see, I don't know Hunter today, but the Paul Levesque I knew from 97, or 90, I say 96, 97, when we literally would split Super 8 hotels, you know, driving together. When I had Jake's snake, that was my rib because I was a young boy. I had to carry around that goddamn thing and I oh, had no. to put it in the tub. Oh, yeah. And I had to put it in the tub with warm water because, you know, I'm an animal lover. I want to make sure the animal's taken care of. Right. You know, um, you know, and but uh, for that Paul Levesque was pretty, he was a pretty cool guy. He's not a cow's guy. I know now business is. He's, he's, he's who he is. And, but, uh, well, are are you, you surprised know, it, it, with him uh, that, that his reputation, he's been able to change his reputation because for so long he was known as that politicker who was given, you know, the uh, title reigns that maybe he shouldn't have had or went on too long, whatever you want, however you want to look at it. And now today you don't hear about the politicking. You hear about, he's the, the proud papa of NXT. He's really managed to change his image and he's done some great things with that NXT product. I think he was a little bit of both. I think you have to be. I think you have to be. I think in the beginning, he had to make his statement. His, I think he had to create his legacy. In, I don't, and I, again, I could do way off, dude. I'm just, I haven't talked to him in 10 years, so. <laughs> what has not been that long? I remember uh, you were backstage at a SmackDown show, and you guys at least exchanged pleasantries. Uh, maybe, okay, maybe 2009 was the, the one you're talking about. Mohegan oh, stuff. wow. Time but, flies. I, mean, I didn't realize it'd been that long. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, but I mean, nothing intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, with, nothing, nothing like with Nash or Hall or kid. I mean, I haven't talked to Shawn Michaels since 2006. Wow. Last time I saw him was at a TV bank North center in Boston. SummerSlam. Well, do you feel like, hey, if, if I got everything together and I wanted to take part in this, you mentioned your friends with Brian James, and obviously he has a lot of stroke, and you have that history with a lot of the, uh, you know, Paul Levesque and, and company. Do you feel like not so much get back in as a talent, 
but they do have the performance center and they, you know, there's a lot of different areas where someone like you could help out. Is that something that interests you? And that, is that something you feel like is achievable for you if you can stay clean? Um, I feel it, it could be achievable, but they also have such a pool of talent. Um, so many other legends and great, um, great guys. To, why would they need me? Well, that's, again, that's the not, bad PJ talking. I know. Uh, and I, I, and I, well, I mean, I look, I was lucky to be around the Kurt Hennings of the world. Uh, I have a lot of stories, man. And like I said, that day when, when I'm, I know I'm going to die and nobody's going to be able to get to me, <laughs> then I'll write that book, that tell-all book, where I tell some funny stories. Nothing damaging, because nobody hurt me. Everybody was actually quite nice to me. But just some funny things and some cool things and stories that would blow your minds, actually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, someday that will happen. But, uh, no, I, I just I, I just feel like, look, there's Ricky Steamboat. It's okay, Steamboat. Okay. Let, it's, let me stop you there, Peach, look, because for every legend you can rattle off, there's somebody that's worked with you that was lower on the food chain than you that is probably very proud they had an opportunity to work with you. I, I think you need to stop and look at it that way as well. Well, I mean, I, I I do. I just I I just don't look at myself and those guys. You know, I I get it, but but maybe that's why I always liked wrestling. It was the land of make believe. I didn't like Pete Polacco, so I could be somebody else. And but to me, those guys were still my heroes. Those were guys that you know what I'm saying. Those were those were. Uh, it's hard to explain, but I guess there are some kids where, you know, I hear it a lot now where, oh, you know, man, you know, you, when I was a kid, I had to, you know, with the rabbit ears and watch you at one in the morning and my mom wouldn't let me watch you. And right. Dude, out of a 25 year career, I had three and a half years that were memorable. In a way, I'm a Tommy Rich, right? I was a, I was a sensation for a minute. But in, in the landscape of the business, no, honey, you can't. Oh, my goodness. I have never have a minute, Jason. But, no, I'm like the Tommy Rich, you know. I, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm not that guy, you know. I'm still not that legacy guy. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. Well, I, I guess one way I look at it is, is when it comes to Hunter, he's some of the key people that he surrounded himself with are guys who have gone through issues like you, Road Dog, William Regal, just to name a couple. Obviously, there's a longtime yeah. friendship there with Scott Hall and Sean Waltman. And so, sure. I mean, I would take, I would look at that and think that, man, I, I would try to use that as a motivator. If I, if I were in your shoes going, and if you want it, I, I don't even know if that's something that you're interested in doing. But, I mean, I, I just got to think that if you can keep, get yourself clean, stay clean, there, there's that opportunity there. There is, and, and there always will be. And and Kev Nash said it to me best because I asked Kev because uh, I was going to WrestleMania, and I shouldn't have. Uh, I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but uh, the promoter that brought me in put me in a very dangerous situation. She did not, uh, well, I already said, um, the person did not give me 
proper I, I you know, a proper hotel. We stayed in a bed and breakfast where I slept on the floor. And when you say, yeah, I just want to clarify, when you say a dangerous situation, not your life was in danger, your sobriety was at risk. My sobriety was yeah. at risk, right. Um, and also then, more or less now looking back, realizing that I was more there as a dog and pony show to parade this person around to weekend events where she got, oh, there it goes. This person got somebody to help from the outside while she stood in line for two and a half hours to get Steve Austin's autograph, where I could simply said, hey, honey, come here. Steve, hey, bud, do me a favor. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But instead of worrying about talent selling autographs and pictures, she was more worried. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm shooting myself off, dude. But anyways... I was just, it was just not ideal. And then I was left alone in places where I shouldn't have been Ubering. There were, I was, I was off the grid. There was, I was in a, I was not in a motel. I was in a bed and breakfast. Okay. Um, uh, there was basically nowhere to get food, nowhere. Like I was literally for a week, well, three, four days living on muscle milk, energy drinks and uh, Walgreens food. Wow. It, it cost me money, dude. What I got paid cost me money in being out there at, for WrestleMania weekend. I almost broke out even. I broke out even. And, and yeah, so that so, right. that obviously leads to the relapse. But at, at what point, where does personal accountability yeah, come into play? No, it comes into play. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. There's no. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Okay. Because because I could find an excuse for everything. Oh, there's a rainy day. Uh, have a drink. There's a good day. Have a drink. You have a good celebration. Have a drink. Yeah. Have a bad day. Have a drink. You know, I, I've got to learn to deal better. I'm just, again, I'm just from, and again, I say this again, for the sake of, of money, I am doing what I have to do to earn it. And unfortunately, it's earned by... Again, I'm, I'm exploiting, uh, quite frankly, my my life and my sobriety and my 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 whole entire being, um, because of this for a paycheck. And I'm still sometimes. Wow, I got I really got to watch out, girl. So I ain't getting paid this week. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. Uh, I'm dead serious. I got to be very careful. I mean, these guys have been very good to me, but it's also I'm very much micromanaged. Um, I said one thing wrong on the podcast. Robbie Robbie said to me, do you trust the guys that you're working with? And I said, well, like kind of like, do you trust anybody in the business? I got chastised for it. You didn't, you didn't worry, worry about me flying the banner of the, the, the name and the company and, you know, uh, all the good I'm doing. You worried about me saying whether I trust you guys or not? You know, like, well, uh, bro, just, this is what I mean. This is why I I just sometimes want to get out of wrestling. This is why it's just so shifty and shady because I'm not that guy. Jason, you know me. You know me probably as well as anybody in the business. Scott Levy, 
is is Scott Levy, and you know what I'm talking about. He'll <laughs> sure. tell you how it is. He'll kill you. He'll drive you batshit crazy. He'll drive you more crazy than I ever will. <laughs> but but he's right in a way. That crazy sob is right. And I would never thought I'd give Scott Levy his day. So Raven, if you're out there listening, you probably aren't. But if you are, you're right. You're right about about the business. Well, what you know, specifically? Like, like, he said a lot of things about gotta, the business over the years. You got to get what you got to get when you can get it. I how see. You sure. Get it. And I hate that because I always wanted to give to the business to get something for the younger kids to make it better for them. So sometimes, somewhere, some way, they got it better than me. I had to starve, dude, literally, literally. I went to Calgary, 230 pounds, gassed to the gills, dude. I'll never, I was 18, 19, steroided out of my mind. I came back 180 pounds, stealing a $1.50 Canadian, mind you, <laughs> of chocolate. And, and all I would drink is chocolate milk to get my calories for the day. Stealing it, stealing the $1.50. Because I was too proud to call mom and dad and ask them for my for food because I didn't want to worry them. But nowadays, uh, if I'd have known better, I'd been like, bitch, send me under. But I, I wasn't that kid. I still had principles. Obviously, I don't now. Ha ha. Supposed to somewhere be funny, but <laughs> anyways. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I was trying to be honorable. I was trying to like make it on my own thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. I was trying to make it on my own. And I've learned that you've got to starve and you've got to sleep on floors. And I continue after 25 years to still sleep on floors, you know, sleep on floors, dude, you know, and, 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 and again, not too long ago, whenever WrestleMania weekend was sleep on floors, dude. Right. Where where some some skinny little promoter is in a and is in a, is in a nice bed, and I'm sitting here on the floor. When it comes to the movie, the documentary, look, these things usually have the big feel good ending and all of that. And I, you obviously, you know, you you've said you relapsed. If you are not in a good place. Do you do you do you think that will? I mean, is this going to have the oh, feel good oh, ending oh, regardless? Oh no! Oh oh, it's going, it's going, dude. It it was going to happen anyways. Here here here's oh oh. Let's see now you got me dog. Here's what here's where it was going to go. I was going to have a relapse on tape because there wasn't enough. I was doing so good that there was not enough drama. What? So, so I, I was going to, so I was going to, I wasn't asked, I was not asked, nobody asked me to do it, but in my dumb head, I was going to go into a liquor store, buy a bottle of booze and said, tape this motherfuckers. Cause there was not enough drama cause I was being too good. Now there's no camera crew and I'm half train wreck. So how do you figure that? Yeah. I, I mean, how do you figure that? Yeah, it, it, dude. I'm going to get crucified for this podcast, but I don't care. You know what? I, I worked, I've worked hard. I've been the heart and soul of this entire movement. I am paid to do this. 
the J- Douglas Cartelli. He's a wonderful gentleman. He is a mentor and a sponsor, and he is the guy paying the bills. And I will be grateful to him for you know I owe him right okay. But I'm but I'm also but I'm also doing the work okay. And and other people are off doing their own things too, side projects and whatnot. But I'm living it. This is my life. This is what people don't get is you're messing with another man's life. Like you came to me with this. You sold me this dream. I didn't come calling you, dude. They called me the night before Christmas. Dallas Page called, found me at my mother-in-law's house in Jersey. Yow. Is this PJ there? And of course she's Brooklyn Italian. Yeah. Who is this? Dallas. Hold on. Page. It's Dallas. Like I thought, you know, really, this is like something out of that should be the movie. Like this is a goddamn comedy, not a goddamn tragedy. This whole thing's a comedy. The sad thing is, I don't think my story is going to be told the way I wanted to be told. That's the sad part. And and I'm not against my team, but my team won't get back to me right now. Is it- I'm having a real I'm having a real hard time, dude. I'm having a real hard time. The money guy's always there. It's not his problem. The the director's in Australia, taking care of his own life, and the other the, the executive producer or the producer is doing his movie, uh, which is a big movie that he put me in. Uh, here's the little side shot, but nonetheless, but nobody's nobody's call, nobody's calling me. Nobody's checking in on Page. So what is it? It's a money deal. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares. It's like it's like that fucking Green Day song. Nobody likes you. They're all out without you. Having fun. Yeah, if you're a Green Day fan, you'll get it. Sorry, bad bad rendition. Well, but is there pressure from the people? I mean, you're you're saying you're not no, hearing much no, from them right no now. Pressure. There's no there's no pressure. The pressure is for me. I want to make this good. Well, and but do the, is there pressure from them on you to stay sober? No, no. They just want to film the train wreck. Okay. They just want to film the train wreck. They just want to get. They just want to sell this shit and get it out there. And I'm not dissing anybody. It's not their job to babysit me. Right. I, I, I signed up for that. Uh, Douglas Cartelli's been the only the guy again. The money guy. He's been the only guy who told me. Call me if you need to, if you need help, if you need, if you need me to talk you down, if you need somebody to, he's been the only guy. Have you taken him up on guy, that? I have. Good. Oh yeah. But then I get told that I'm bothering him from other sources. Okay. So again, I don't know what I'm doing, dude. I'm trying to just do right. All I want is for us. There's, there's four of us involved. There's David Gear, Douglas Cartelli, number one, who is the, the money and, 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 he, and he is the operation. And Eric Nighthouse and myself, we are working our asses off. And, and everybody has done their part. But I feel everybody has resentments because I'm getting a guaranteed couple hundred dollars a week. Somebody's not. This one's not getting this credit. This one, it, it, It's become the wrestling game. And I should not be saying this to you at all, and I'm going to get probably fired from this. 
But I don't care because if May 20th kicks off, good. I already signed my fucking contract. Whatever. You know, I'm just, I just want to put out the best realist product. I want my life on tape and I want to show my journey the way I'm talking to you. I want to, I want you to see my kids saying how dad hurt me, how I missed my dad, how, how, how addiction killed our family, but we're trying, Right. but nothing, but nothing of that is, is like, it's almost back burning. Like, why are we doing an indie show for the last, you know, it's like, we're doing the wrong things, man. And I'm talking and I'm talking out of line and I probably shouldn't be. So whatever. But, uh, all I want is for this to be a good documentary about a guy who was a dreamer who's a 19-year-old kid, went out for his dreams, and got it. And then became a drug addict. You know, and and now I'm trying to just, just be, you know, be normal. I'm trying to recover. I'm not there yet. I, I have periods. Dude, I have periods of brilliance. Periods of, of months. And then I have that one slip, that one fuck up, that one thing. And again, like I said, that goes for, that's in many ways. That goes many ways. And everybody's accountable in my life for that. Everybody. So, but those are things I have to deal with. I had Bob, as as I'm talking to you, Bob from WWE texted me. Are you all right, Peach? And I said, in his text, as I was talking to you, no, Bob, I'm not. I relapsed. I can't talk now. Talk to you later. Please. Like, and I mean, I said it much nicer and kinder, but you know, like, no, I didn't. I, now I can't talk right now, but I, I did, but I'm okay now. I'm okay t- today. And that's the thing. It's so fucking cliche today, today, today. Dude, Nikki six heroin diaries. I downloaded the audible to, and you know where I got that? And I used your promo code, you douche. <laughs> I fucking went audible.com and used your promo code haha, and got the three month subscription. And I got Nikki Six's heroin diary and I listened to it. And, and Dallas page told me to do the same thing. Take a journal, write every thought you have, right? Why do you feel this way? What's going on? Why, why, what's going on? What, what, what's your deal? Like, uh, just put it on paper, pen to paper. I have four composition books filled, filled, filled. You can't read uh, My wife's like, you can't read half of them because they're scribbled. But nonetheless, uh, but I got, I, I, I really did. I, I used audible.com thanks to Jason Powell. So I'll put audible over so you can get some props. Um, and I did use your promo code. Yeah, that's my line. Um, so, um, no, I'm just trying to, um, dude, I, I just want to be honest. That's my whole thing. Cause I figure if I could be honest, what can you hit me with? What do you hit me with? If I'm honest, right. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What? I worked hard. What I, what I worked hard. What? I was a loser. Yeah, maybe for a little bit, but I fought, I fought, I fought back. 
and I'm trying. I'm not giving up. That's Still the key. Here. Final Still question here. for you, Pidge. Yeah. If you had to do it all over again, would you have gotten into the pro wrestling industry? Nope. No. I would not. Elaborate. I would not. I just wouldn't. I would have done something else. Um, I was just, I didn't understand it. I thought, I thought I could, um, I knew I could do the performance. I always had the physical. I always had the physical, right? But uh, uh, in the performance, I knew I had, but I didn't have what it took. The slimy, the dirty, because I'm a very... In this, even even when you and I talk, you know I'm. Yeah, I'm, I, I think you know I'm a good heart, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you know that, and and I always give the best I can, no matter what, no matter how bad I feel. I always give the best I can, um, and I just was not built for the lies, for the deception, for the manipulation. Um, and unfortunately, uh, back then, that's what it takes. That's what it took. It may not be the, it, it, look, it's a different game today. I'm not talking about today's game, but when I got into the game, that's what it was, you know? And, uh, no, I would not have done it. I would not have done it. I would have been all okay doing something else because my whole life, it, it, it dictated my entire life. At 19, well, 18, 19, it dictated my entire life. Win, lose, or draw. And it does it to a lot of kids. I'm not the only one. Whether they have the balls to admit it or not, that's that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. You know, that's it. Uh, I wouldn't have done it. When it comes to the documentary, I hope you get your way. I I hope you get to tell the story you want to tell, and, and it's brutally honest. And... I'll be brutally honest. I, I just, I hope you get clean once and for all, Page. You are, I've said it many times, one of the nicest guys, if not the nicest guy in the pro wrestling business when you are clean. And it's not that you're, a, a, you know, a, turned into a mean guy or anything, but I just know the difference. And I know you have it in you, and I hope you'll keep fighting, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to, the only thing I have to do is fight for my kids because I unfortunately have lost the fight for me, but, um, you know, they say, yeah, you can't do it for yourself, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing it for them now. Now it's, it's, that's more of a motivator because I've had my chance. If, if the lights went out tonight, you know, um, I'd be cool. Um, I want my kids to be proud I want dad to be, you know, cause my 18 year old, like he loves that, like the cool, just incredible. But when he sees the bad, just incredible shit come out, he cringes to all his friends and sure. his girl, in his beauty, in his beautiful girlfriend. And he does have a beautiful little girlfriend and <laughs> he just hates it. He, he likes the cool, credible, but, or cool, the cool PJ, but not the, the, the mess up, the F up, you know? So, um, yeah, Jay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try. I, I want to try. I don't want to, I want to live. I want to live a happy life. I, I feel like I have a lot to offer and all I want is an opportunity. 
again, I, I feel like that's like all there is. If somebody gives me an opportunity, I will run with it and I will rock the world with it. So, Jay, thank you again. And I'm sorry for the take two. Um, you're always, uh, before uh, colleagues were friends, I really, really wish I could, I wish you didn't live out in fucking middle of nowhere, but you'll always be, <laughs> you'll always be one of my best friends and we must talk solo May 20th gotta happen right away Ab, you know we will absolutely man well thank you for the time as right. always and, and you know we'll be talking oh, soon thank you just uh, please if you can uh, follow me on Twitter at PJ Polacco or go if you want tickets to the May 20th event <laughs> CredibleDocumentary.com please come out last day of shooting Well, folks, that's a wrap for this week. Join me for live coverage of the WWE Greatest Royal Rumble on Friday at ProWrestling.net. And remember, if you enjoyed this show, then you would love all of the audio content that members have exclusive access to on our ad-free website. Just visit PWMembership.com for more details. And I will be back right here next week with the next installment of the Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast. 